on this episode. So how are we going to solve this problem? I feel like this is the, the destiny of us right here at this podcast. Well, We're going to solve Detroit's problem. Um, my, my solution to Detroit's problem is just get Juan to come move here to Houston, and then we forget about it forever. <laughs> that <doesn't, laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> so shitty! <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of No Country for Old Mark and Juan. I am your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host, Juan Smith, <laughs> the, the whitest Hispanic of all time. He came out swinging with the Juan and immediately abandoned his own thing. He said, I don't even believe in this. <laughs> I have been there. Oh, let me tell you. thank you, everybody, for joining us. This uh, is going to be a good one. I can tell this, already. This is going to be a great one. Uh, we <laughs> have a guest here, Adam Radliff. I didn't even get a chance to uh, introduce him before, because just because Juan kind of imploded off the bat there. Yeah, that was that was hard to hear, but I had to actually see it on Skype too. It was even harder to see. It yeah. looked like he had a stroke, uh, and he just kind of seized up. I was concerned about. Well, the if you had that nightmare fuel in the background, wouldn't you be having a stroke too? Yeah, is that supposed to be some kind of a clown? It's uh, like a dancing clown painted on a mirror. It's like the thing of nightmares. Look, I'm going to go on, the, on a limb and say I actually kind of like it. It's kinda, actually giving itself like it. a wedgie with those... What it's, are those things uh, I, I found a suspender. It's suspenders, actually called uh, it. Silver Suspenders. It's a 1934 uh, poster, actually, but it's actually made of linen paper. Yeah. And uh, they actually yeah. had it framed, so I have one of may maybe the best condition one at, that I can find anywhere. So I, I picked it up the other day, and so I'm probably going to keep it for a while. So your kids are having nightmares now, I'm sure. That fucker keeps kids out of here like nobody's business, <laughs> man. That clown's like freaking eight feet tall, man. Yeah. It's 90 I kinda, inches I by like, like 43 and a half or something. So what was it about this? Um, thing that caught your attention you're like i gotta have this uh it was at a resale shop i walked in and for some reason it just grabbed my attention and i it liked just it spoke a lot. to you and people kept like going by it trying to find it on the internet like, i was like i'm just buying this thing this thing is getting all kinds of interest so oh yeah I, that looks like it got a lot of interest so was, i got home did some research this. turns out this thing's probably worth about five grand <laughs> what oh yeah so I only I, had to pay forty five hundred. Detroit, <laughs> probably gonna take it down to the Detroit auction house. Heck yeah! Uh, I've, I've yeah well, you don't want to you don't want to let go of that. That's an heirloom right there. You got five kids, right? One yeah. of them is gonna be fighting over that. So, probably uh, here soon. Let's be honest. Yeah, my second kid goes. I just want to break it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get that kid checked out. He's just trying to break stuff. It's a little joker on your hands. He is a little joker. He did take That's a breaching hammer and smash holes in my walls one day. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what a breaching hammer is. It's the hammers <laughs> they use to smash in doors, like when the cops come in and the doors reinforce. Why do you have one of those? It's a, good, <laughs> it's a very valid question. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just For in case any police listening, I'm not sure why I own this. It's never been used, I promise. It looks a little odd, doesn't it? Breaching hammer, giant clown in the background. It's a good start. I would say extremely odd. I would go ahead and say extremely, but uh, hey, you live your life. You're clearly uh, you're you're fl you're flush with clown pa paintings that are <laughs> worth five thousand dollars, and we're just gonna ignore uh, that uh, completely. It's just over your shoulder this entire time. 
Yeah. Have you named it? Uh, I really couldn't tell you the name. It wouldn't be appropriate even on <laughs> oh here. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not at this time. Oh, <laughs> Not at this enough. time. After uh, we're done recording. I will absolutely tell you, yeah. <laughs> I think you told me before, but I forgot. I was too disturbed. I remember that. It's a good look. It fits. Yeah. The, yeah, I uh, buy a lot of really weird shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> stuff in here is not the normal the, shit. The creepy murder shed. So, Adam, how did you get into comedy? Oh, uh, well, I, I've always been a huge fan of comedy, mm. and... um. I always thought about doing it, and then, believe it or not, I have a lot of time on my hands. When you're single and you're in your early 30s, you start to look at life a little bit differently. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, God sakes. <laughs> I got to get out of the fucking house. I'm watching Netflix and YouTube all day. Like, I got to do something. Yeah. So I went and saw a couple of open mics, and I was like, you, you have to go. If you ever consider trying stand-up, actually, this is everyone in Houston's going to hate me for saying this, but if you actually ever decided you wanted to try it, just go to a couple of open mics. You'll see such bad comedy that you're like, oh, I can at least do that. Yeah. So that was my inspiration. I went to Darwin's um, off of Washington, saw a couple of really bad open micers, and I was like, all right, I at least know that I won't embarrass myself. <laughs> like, I can just go up there and literally say next to nothing. Yeah. And it's only five minutes. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll try it. And then I got really into it. And uh, yeah, the rest is. Uh, Pretty mediocre. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> so, well, I saw you at the Funniest Comic in Texas competition. And actually, he's wearing the same pants. He's got these, like, burgundy pants that look really nice. And uh, actually, what made me, me right think... Now. What, yeah, I am. What made me think... The I was like, I podcaster just told you you had really nice burgundy pants. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Got a hand check real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what made me, what made him really stand out to me is uh, his nice uh, non-haired head. You know, he's bald like me. And then he even made jokes about it. And I was like, hey, I need to get this guy on the show. So us bald people got to stick together, you know. Amen. Amen. So I think what happened, because I, I saw the, the, the people who were on the list the week I was, was on, yeah. is that you took the list. You're like, all right, here are the funniest <laughs> people on this list. And you started going down. You started out with Sandra. <laughs> And then you had Son, and then you had Nick and uh, and Doug, and then you're like, all right, we'll get to this sad sack that talks about his bald head. Uh, yeah, well, I appreciate it. Hey, all the same, it's a good time. That's pretty much not how it went, but <laughs> basically, but how could you not love someone who hates people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true, I mean, Nick. Yeah. Oh my God, those guys killed me, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're, so they're, funny. They have a great show here in town. That the, they, I think they talked about it. Filth. Yeah. Always a great crowd, always a good time, and they, they don't hold back. <laughs> no. When Juan comes to visit, we're going to go there, because that would just be way too much fun for both of us. Can you legally fly? Are you, um, are you like on house arrest? What's going on? <laughs> nope, I'm clear. <laughs> I am clear. I feel like you've I had to say that to your wife a couple of times. I think times. I'd be like, a lot more interesting. Believe it or not, I'm clear. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I got tested. It's... Uh, it's malignant. Uh, I'm good to go. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not having medical testing. I don't want to find out what the fuck's wrong with me. <laughs> it's going to be like a list coming out. Like, eek, eek, eek. <laughs> you have six months. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's better. It's better not to know. And this, and this bastard's over here running 5K. Like, yeah, hey, I just ran 5K in 36 minutes. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. 
Uh, oh yeah, it's not. Like, it's not like incredible. Yes. It's not incredible, but it's much better than I expected I could do. Especially since it was the first time in months that I actually ran. You know, it's I have I never I've never ran a five k, yeah. and I have zero desire to pay. <laughs> I have zero desire to pay exorbitant amounts of money uh-huh. to run in a, in a crowd. Running in a crowd doesn't sound appealing at all. And then you have to get embarrassed by these little kids and women <laughs> passing you up. Like, oh lady passes you in an oxygen tank. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want that kind of. Plus, I got the shin splints, and I, I, I'm just going to make up excuses. Oh, for see? Yeah. He just said it right there. The minute you said shin splints, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Nah, I, I actually got this really sweet jacket that came with it. So. It's really totally worth the five hundred dollars I spent to run. No, no, it was jacket was was totally fifteen hundred. (laughs) Jesus! Wait a minute, are you dead ass serious? No, I'm kidding. Oh Oh my god! God. I was about to, I was, I was exploding on the inside. I was like, let it go, Adam. Don't call this guy out. (laughs) You don't understand my mind when I was like, wait a minute, you spent fifteen hundred dollars. To go run, I'm thinking fifteen hundred dollars Vegas. What do you? You know how many clown paintings you can get for fifteen hundred dollars? Well, you can't get a whole one. That one's worth five grand. Hey, somebody told him that. That's it. <laughs> this, it's probably get this, more like, actually. <laughs> yeah, this sure. Guy. How much did you, have, uh, do you mind, did you get it for a steal? I get. And by that, I mean, did you steal it? Steal. I call it ghetto adventures. He actually really does get everything for a steal, basically because it was stolen before he yeah, purchased it. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> hot on the market, as they hey, say. Hey, I'm not here to judge people's morality. I'm just trying to save money. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We, could, we should run a country on that kind of logic right there. <laughs> Look, I just want to save a little money if a couple of people had to die. Adam Radliff so and Juan Smith, 2020. You hear there that? We We're coming over to take you over, North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if North Korea is listening, I do not take part in uh, this logic. I think you guys are a great country with a great supreme leader. Uh, I'm all for it. They already don't like us. Yeah. <laughs> don't send the bombs my way, please. <laughs> Thanks for finding those unicorns, though. Yeah. <laughs> you, you hear? Like, oh, y'all had a podcast about yeah, about, about that, North right? Korea. Yeah. Yeah, they are they are batshit insane. Oh, I, feel, yeah. I feel terrible for them. Like these people are like so brainwashed. It's like if you were to take the book 1984 yeah. and turn it into a reality, yeah. that is North Korea. Yeah. It's crazy. What, I, what, what puzzles me is when people <coughs> say something like, when you say, make a reference like, oh, that sounds like a really Orwellian society. And some people are like, what? And I'm like, you've never read 1984? They're like, no. I'm like, North Korea. They're like, what? And I'm like, ah! Does anybody like learn anything any days? Or is it all just like Facebook and Instagram and like selfies and Snapchat? But I think that's what it is. You know, that's a hot take. Hot takes. That people are getting shittier and more vapid. Yeah, no, that's one hundred percent true. It it actually is, and like I don't expect everybody to be into like George Orwell's books or anything like that. I mean, everybody's got their own particular taste, but it's an important book because there's a lot of like you can see like similarities between like current cultures and stuff like, that. especially if you look at like North Korea. Like I I was doing the research for that episode, and it's so crazy that it's unbelievable. Yeah, but then there's like. It comes from these sources where I'm like, okay, this is a real thing. I'm like, this is nuts. Like, how is this possible? But it's such a small, isolated country, and they just use brutality and force to get whatever they want. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, and if you stop and really think about it, 
if you or I were raised in an environment like that and it had been that way for 70 years, what chance would you have to be like a free thinker? Or a, no, you, you would, have none. You would yeah. have none. You're just, okay, Supreme Leader is the greatest thing ever because your whole family's been like that for generations. You know what that yeah, means, like, right? What? That in this society, there is no comedy. No. No, of there's course. no way to there's have no it to be a comedy. You can't take a yeah, twist no. on anything. Wow, what a weird society. If I didn't have outlets to laugh, Right. Yeah. If I didn't have comedians in my life, like a lot of my life would have been a lot more difficult. I mean, because a lot of truth behind a lot of comedy, there's a lot of pain behind it, but you identify with it, and that's what makes it so fucking yeah. funny. Yeah. But if I had to be in a society where I didn't have comics, man, that would suck. That yeah. would that'd be no fun at all. Yeah. Because that uh, comedy in a in a sense is a way to have like a fresh look at everyday things a lot of times. And it, it really does help you kind of prioritize in an entertaining way. That life isn't just all bad. Exactly. Yeah. When all it's like you and I, we've been best friends for what fifteen years, and I think that's what made us such best friends is we both have been through some awful, trying, traumatic stuff. But then we see the humor in those situations, and we can joke about it when we can't really joke about those things with other people because they don't really understand or they think we're just crossing the line. I mean, like just this last week, you made a couple of jokes that were really crossing the line for most people, and I thought it was hilarious. Go I, on. I don't even know what they were. <laughs> He's like, what are you, what are you, what are you committing him to? <laughs> so. Was it Kobe Bryant related? Yeah, it was you Kobe rock, Bryant related. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Dear God, have you no shame? <laughs> so, it was Kobe related, but and I was it, just it like, "Oh my but goodness!" It has nothing to do with the person either. It's just the way the society deems people more important than other people, and like, you know, it's just kind of that's just the way it is. But you know, what I was interested to ask you was, what is it that motivated you to like? be funny like were you like funny as a kid did you always had that or was it like something you just wanted to learn or do or like well, what motivated uh, you to get up there that first night and do an open mic boredom boredom <laughs> more than anything to be honest no really? like, when i was when i was really young like you like you could ask my parents the first thing i ever wanted to be was a comedian like not a firefighter uh not a, not a, in the military i wanted to be a comedian but i didn't really know what that meant like i but I was like very animated, or like a, kind of a ham mm. as a kid. But then I got real, like, like pretty introvert, pretty chill for the vast majority of my life till the last couple of years. And then like the comedy thing, like, so I always think comedically. So like anytime I hear a story or if I'm reading something, I'll think like, okay, where's the funny angle here? Or or I'll always be the one. Like I'm a quantity guy. Whenever I'm like around friends and stuff, I'm gonna always say the hacky joke or the. <laughs> Like if it's a dad joke, I will go there. I'm like it's just just fun for me. So like I like people to laugh. I like to make people laugh, even if it's at, at laughing at how lame my joke was. It's still getting a laugh. It's people still having fun. Yeah. So uh, I would say like of my friends, I'm not even close to the funniest of my friends. It's just I'm the one who's funny and is also willing to go out and and get on stage and and tell jokes. There's well, a major a difference between funny people what and you said about good joke um, tellers. Yeah. Being free to do that, where you said uh, that you're like, you don't, you're not worried about how you get the laugh, kind of, but like, you'll right. just go for it. That takes a lot of balls. Yeah. Because a lot of people are so pent up on like, they want it to be like shiny and perfect. And, you know, like a lot of people's delivery just seems so polished. And then I find some of the funniest people, the ones that kind of come in kind of dry pan, but they really rely on that material 
And when you're a thinker, like I think a lot of comedy people think a lot, like fast For sure. and allow everything sure. at once. And so when someone like you speaks, it's it slows it down for me. And then I'm like, I'm oh, putting shit, him to sleep so is what he's saying. I'm putting yeah. him to sleep. It's, yeah, you're putting him to sleep. <laughs> yeah, no. I got that. I got that. I got that voice uh, for um, not for radio, not for TV. It's just it's very it's a struggle. I'm actually working really hard recently to try to because I I also not only am I monotone, but like I I have a tendency to mumble a little bit. It's just uh, so I'm like really trying hard to like enunciate my words and and speak clearly because a lot of my jokes rely on people hearing the content because it's it's not high energy i'm not just like flailing around and and uh so a lot of it's like puns like if it's a pun you have to hear you have to say it correctly or else the whole pun doesn't make sense yeah Uh uh-oh a child invaded dumb white kids (laughs) (laughs) they're probably just hungry or something i don't know how dare they Try to fill their bellies when you're in the middle of a podcast. It, exactly. Selfish. It's horrible. Yeah. There's enough snow outside. They can go eat snow. Just don't eat the yellow snow. No, I feed them. They're just. That's, see annoyed. what I tell you about. I will go for the hacky joke. <laughs> too too often, many will say. <laughs> no, it's not too often. Trust me. Except right now, the snow's <laughs> that melted down to like one inch nasty bottom shit. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It, nasty dude, bottom it sucks shit. here so bad. Like. Right now, the weather, it's like I see you, and I'm like, what's it like over there? Like, I got 72 today. Like, yeah. Today, it was in the 50s, but this weekend, it's going to be back in the 60s and 70s and sunny. Dude, I'm in shorts in mid-30s, all right? I, <laughs> uh, I wore shorts today, ridiculous. a white shirt, and a, a polo uh, cashmere uh, vest. I, like, just trying to wish spring on. <laughs> so, this is, this is you dressed up, is what you're telling us. That's just like in my Track everyday Tracksuit, Kangol. Yeah. He's going for the mafioso look with the tracksuit and the Kangol hat. Oh, this oh, is just he's definitely pulling off. <laughs> he's got his gold chain too. He does look like a little Eastern European mob. Yeah, with what he's oh, got going on right now. Oh, my son literally looks like his name would be Vladi. <laughs> 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 he's super quiet. Never talks. Always only wears like Adidas tracksuits. Yeah. He's got this long, crazy beard, like long hair. That's like. He, he looks like his name would be like, I don't even know, like <laughs> something and like he's a killer something. It's yeah. crazy. But he's like, I wonder where he gets that. <laughs> wonder where he gets that. From his mother. As he's sitting there in a tracksuit. It's <laughs> so like, come on, dude. <laughs> Apple did not fall far from the tree here. <laughs> he actually has his dad's sense of humor, too. When he was like, when he, he, when he was, his son was like seven, his son's like 20 now. When his son was seven, he was burning his dad. It was so hilarious. I wish burning. Yeah. Like we did a a soldering iron. Yeah. He had a soldering iron. He was just like carving burns into his back. Dear God. It's not a problem. (laughs) I thought I was picturing when you said he had a beard. I'm picturing like a a 12 year old boy with like a full blown beard. I'm like, this makes sense. His daughter has a beard. No, oh, is Is she somebody's beard? She marry a gay guy or something like that? Oh, we can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's every dad's hope for their daughter. Like, just don't, just don't date some douchebag who's going to be fucking you nonstop. I don't even want to think about it. Oof. So, what inspires your jokes? Like, where do you draw inspiration from? I would say a lot of self-deprecating stuff. Uh, I used to do more political stuff, but I was like that. That's risky uh, in this yeah. climate. 
Yeah, I but, admit, uh, I totally puss out on the whole politics thing. I just don't even want to touch it. Yeah, it's, it's not It's Dep- not worth it. It depends on the crowd, because it's either everyone loves it, or everyone hates it, or it's like 50-50, people love it and hate it, and then you've lost half your audience. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, no, like, um, really, it's, you can joke about anything. Um, a lot of stuff's like minutia. What's, I was talking to somebody the other day, what's really weird is, so... Some like about fifty percent of the comics have like real jobs, fifty percent don't. But no comics talk about work. Yeah, I'm like why is that? That's kind of odd. Like, cause that's like half your life is at work, and everyone hates their job or has some kind of pain at their job. But nobody ever talks about it. Like that's it's strange to me. So I, mean, I might be starting a that's little bit a, of a new vein of of comedy. That's no, that's bad idea. No, that's really interesting though. That's I, now that you said that, everybody I know. Yeah, they don't ever talk about the day job. Like, they, no. if they work like a construction job, they do it on the weekends or like anyone like that. It's like you just worked like fifty hours of that hard ass shit. You don't even mention it. You're right. Yeah. But yeah, they always talk about like what's gonna happen that you know the show or whatever. They talk about online dating. They talk about uh, yeah. social media. They talk about the same old thing, which is there's a lot of stuff to joke about there, and everyone can relate to it. But. Yeah. I'm trying to mix it up with some uh, hot work humor. That's actually a good idea. When I I went to a comedy show on Tuesday night at the Secret Group. Oh, really? And yeah. it was like what eight or nine comics there, and uh, there was one comic. There, God, I'm jealous. She, you get to go all the time, man. Oh, dude, it was awesome. Ugh. And uh, I got a story about that here in a second. Uh, so the the this lady gets up and she says, you know, she's from Alabama and she makes a bunch of jokes huh. about Alabama and being from the South and having a thick accent. And then she says that she's a chemical engineer, and she says, "But I'm not a very good one. My meth is terrible." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Ah, fine." And so, like that, just reminded me of her because it was she made a joke about her work, but then that was it. So, right, Katie Miller, yeah, yeah. she's funny. Yeah, okay, you know Katie Miller. Yeah, he's like, I've I've heard heard that. I better know everybody here in town, or else <laughs> yeah. I'm really fucking up. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not, we're allowed to. Question you guys seem yeah. like kind of like a tight knit group. Like you guys all uh, know each other, sort of like. Yeah, I mean, there's like only a handful of like big comedy clubs here in town. Like, there's really only two. Like, there's the Improv and their Secret Group. Like, those are the places where you get the the, the best shows. I mean, there's shows all basically every night of the week. But you run into the same people because if anyone's working hard, you're gonna run into the, same, the same people because you know where the mics are. They know where the mics are, and you're seeing them all over the place. But there are definitely like it's very much like high school, or so I hear. I didn't go to high school. I was homeschooled. But um, high five. So was I. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever high five homeschooling again, but <laughs> I don't feel good about it. But uh, I feel great. But uh, it's like you'll be you'll see clicks based on people and when they started. Yeah. So people who started like five years ago, they all kind of hang out together and they'll promote each other or put each other on shows. People who started two years ago will be on their little click. So it's very much uh, in that vein, unless you're just really, really, really good. Yeah. In which case. Like you can transcend anything. Like everyone wants to put you on their shows. Like Sandra D, she hasn't been doing it as long as a lot of other people here in town, but she's so funny. Yeah. That like she's like got her earned her way into those those like um groups quicker. Yeah. She's got the she's got like a natural like presence and talent that's just her timing is perfect. Like when oh, yeah. when we interviewed her, she's like, Oh, I haven't been doing this very long. I was like, What? No way. Exactly. Yeah. I, I thought she'd been I doing it for like ten thing. years. Yeah, she won like funniest comic in in Houston. Yeah, like last like her second or first or second year doing comedy. Yeah, and then she was like close in the funniest comic in Texas. So yeah, she kills that money dog bitch. She I don't know if she made it. <laughs> came up with it 
here or not but like that was i was rolling yeah when she was talking about that i was like that yeah. money dog I, was I, here yeah it yeah. was on the podcast <laughs> yeah i messaged her after listening to her, i was like you need to work that into a bit that is yeah. hilarious. i thought it was hilarious i i played that part over and over so I was, <laughs> jazz was yeah, like what are you doing funny. i was just standing on the porch i was smoke she's like what are you doing i was like i'm looking for my money dog <laughs> where's that bastard i got these three dumbass dogs this is the money dog <laughs> yeah she great. was great what a great personality too yeah mm. yeah doug was- doug and nick they can go fuck themselves but sandra was, <laughs> <laughs> sandra was great and they would understand and respect that <laughs> yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's my that's my that's my peeves man that is like looking at them was like looking at me when i was young Except, you know, I'm way better looking, but whatever. <laughs> and, and way more humble. Way more humble. For anyone who hasn't seen him, he looks like Vern Schroeder from uh, Austin Powers. Like oh if he actually gosh. grew up like a normal size. <laughs> You're right. And like smoked his today, whole life. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And he wears Kangles too. Yeah. This wow. is like, I wish people could see what I'm seeing right now. Well, they can go on to our social media and look at pictures. There's plenty of pictures of They're my They're not going to do that. <laughs> They're not going to do that. <laughs> like, that's just one click. Oh, sounds oh no, like wait. I forgot. Work. That's only on the dark web. They don't want to go there. Oh, no. <laughs> Have you been on the dark web? No, I haven't. Oh, you got to check it out, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're the first. Oh, see, that killed me. Because you're literally. The, I've never heard anyone say. Everyone always goes, oh, Dude, I went on there, or they heard about it. They tell you some crazy story and shit. He's like, "Oh no, man, check it out!" I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> that was great. You can get clown murals. You can get kangles. You can get all kinds of shit on the dark web. Yeah, you can get a uh, casino machines. T- didn't Time Suck do a, one on dark web? Or yeah, crazy. They did. No, yeah. They did. We were heard. talking about favorite podcasts before before we hopped onto this. Yeah, we both actually have the same favorite podcast. So I see. Uh, a friendship budding here and both homeschooled yeah both bald both love time suck both have a dark sense of humor yeah. both will say the stupid hacky jokes and exactly yeah <laughs> and both of your both of your heads because the lighting in that room right now are just yeah. lit up you guys just, heads look like, I believe like the light term bumps. is angelic it's angelic <laughs> except it's mark doesn't aura. have his beard right now or you guys would look no. like fucking twins <laughs> yeah is what now oh beard, beard? Oh, i usually saying? have a beard but i had to shave it off but well, uh, he had to shave it off because of the wind resistance on his 5k yeah how to get that time i down. wanted to get 30 seconds off my time to get it under 37 minutes so it was worth being unattractive to get those 30 seconds off it's yeah totally i only shave it. on my wife's birthday you know what i mean <laughs> 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 it's every tuesday <laughs> <laughs> oh baby face Where'd you meet this uh, this wife of yours? Out of curiosity, online. All right, which one? Uh, it was a f- oh shit. It was called my yearbook at the time, but I think it's called Meet Me Now. I had some train wrecks before her, and uh, let's just say I got a little smarter on my internet game. I'm listening. Can and, you please uh, give me some tips? So when I when I finally, I literally was like done. I had just had enough. You know, yeah. you know, it's like chicks with dicks and. I don't know. Whatever. What? I thought. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't just gloss over that. What, what, what happened? Is there a story behind this? Oh, yeah, dude. I got completely catfished by a dude. Really? For real. Like, yeah, it's a fu- that is some fucked up shit. For real. If At you, what point did you discover it, this? It, like, fucked how me many, up. How long were y'all making out before you discovered <laughs> that this was a dude? Uh, it was only, like, I only talked to this dude who was posing as a woman twice. 
But even though I found out that quick, and nothing really weird happened or anything really weird. Uh, you notice he's like he's his eyes are dodging back and forth. He's yeah. like clearly lying right now. He definitely <laughs> fucked this dude. That's my normal no question in my mind. <laughs> Zero <Yeah>. question. <laughs> he probably the dude actually the dude probably gave him this this clown painting. There's a story behind all this. Yeah, it does look a little gaseous, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here you go, Juan. Remember so, me. So okay. So when, were y'all? Were you face to face whenever you realized, like, oh, this is no, this is what happened. I started getting suspicious because stuff just didn't seem right. Such and as like so, what I can't remember. It was so long ago, but I remember like asking some questions and just not getting. They just didn't seem like the right kind of answers, and I was uh-huh. like, you know what? This could not. This could be someone posing as someone they're not. Like I didn't think it was a dude. I just thought it was like you know. An ugly girl or something, you know. Right. No offense to you ugly girls out there, but, you know, I don't know. Work harder. Uh, so. <laughs> wow. What? Oh, my God. Yeah, well, we lost <laughs> half our listeners there. <laughs> no, no, not at all. If they have self-confidence, they don't realize they're ugly. I don't realize I'm ugly. <laughs> all right? I don't know what you're talking about. I think you're, never mind, I'm not even going to fake this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving up, like, your intro. I'm giving up. <laughs> but in a nutshell, I finally, like, like put it on the spot. I was like, wanted to call. Now, that's the weird thing nowadays for me being older is like having a phone call with someone is so personal to people now. I'm like, I hate that. People will do the craziest shit online, even on video. You see them. Yeah. But to call them physically on a phone and hear them voice to voice, people just flip the fuck out. Yeah. So I, I called. All right. Yeah. I called. And she was talking real quiet, like whispering. And I was like, wait a minute. And then all of a sudden, the voice slipped. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was f- fucking twisted. It could have been this beautiful woman that just has happens to have a raspy voice. You missed out on a love of a lifetime just because you thought it was a dude. Until I I heard his wife yelling at him. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it could have been two girls. It could have been your chance at a threesome. I'm not even going to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get this guy divorced here real quick. I'm like, like, no, no, I get divorced what? about every seven years. About, about yeah. uh, six, six and a half. Six, six. Like a snake that sheds its skin every once in a while. Well, you know, the girls keep getting older. I don't know. I told my it's wife. Funny, I'm like, it's funny how that works. Yeah. Didn't, you, older, didn't I hear you that you're like married to something like 15 years younger? Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. My wife's. Good yeah. for you. Good for 20 you. if you go by maturity, really. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all met on this site. Um, yeah. So we met and uh, the first time we talked, I, this is honest to God, people, this worked. I, I don't know why. I'm not saying it's the right or wrong thing to do, but like I literally decided. Dick pics. That, uh, no, no, never did that. <laughs> I always thought Bullsh- that was just like bullshit. <laughs> you never sent a dick pic. I don't believe that for a single second. No, never have. I, I I've never. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm probably different than some people think. Like I don't like strip clubs. I don't right, like that right, shit. Right. I'm not big on well, porn. Who does? I just. Wait, well, well, what did you just say? I'm not big on porn. What does that mean? What do you mean I, by not? I'm just not porn? one of those people that like search porn all the time. Well, we're defined all the time. I don't know. Uh, I assume there's people that search porn a lot. I don't know. I <laughs> oh, I do know one guy who's like he was like seriously. He was it was nonstop with him. I'm like, dude, you got a problem. But I think there's a, a there's a acceptable level of. Oh no, I'm not saying it, not. I'm just saying like it, everything in life is like balance, right? But I would meet people who it's like men and women who are just absolutely absorbed by this stuff. 
Like they waste a lot of time and money. You met a woman who's obsessed with porn. You met a woman who's obsessed with porn. I know too. Yeah. Are you Person. sure you're not being catfished by a guy? Oh, like, I'm positive like I'm not being catfished by a guy. Yeah. So I, I, and maybe it's just completely small sample size and my narrow, I guess, narrow mindedness. But girl, whenever I hear a girl say, "Oh, I'm big into porn," I'm like, "No, you're not." Like every time I'm like, "No, no they're it's like not." The same thing with girls. No, like, oh, not. I love video games. I'm like, "No, you don't." It's very rarely there's there's, the there's same exceptions level of to the guys. rules. I know, like, like I said, I know two women. Like one of them basically came out and was like, "I'm addicted," like heart. It was like constant, and I was like, the first time I was like, "Really?" I was really skeptical, but then I realized, okay. And then somebody else I know, who was almost to that level, and I was kind of surprised. As far as the video game thing, I've only ever met like two women that play video games a lot, but it's not as much as I do. Although now, since I started this podcast, I hardly ever play video games. No, my wife plays really? video games like a motherfucker. Really, like what, oh, like, like hardcore Mario? gamer man. Like, what games are we talking about? She, she play her favorite games are like Gears of War, the whole series. Like she plays that shit a lot. She plays uh Kingdom Hearts. She plays like Final Kingdom Fantasy, uh whatever the fucking new one is. Like she plays a lot of that kind of stuff. And you know, she's a lot younger than me, so her tastes are a little different. You're more into like Frogger. Yeah. <laughs> Galactica Pong. <laughs> going way back. Did he say that? What is? Did he say Pong? Yeah, he said Pong. He's got Pong in his back room. I bet you. He, I know. Yep. And I got a Pac-Man original uh, 1983 Pac-Man arcade machine. Yeah, so what is the, what is the greatest game ever ever invented? In your opinion, personal greatest, preference. Greatest what? It doesn't have what, to be the best. What, your video personal game favorite. or gamer? What do you mean? What? We're not talking about the game of life here. We're no, talking no. about video games. Video yes. games? Well, for me... Were you thinking you were going to try like, say Monopoly or something? No, no. Like board I didn't game? know if you were talking like games, like board games or like, you know... What? Yeah, video game, yeah. Greatest video game of... Oh my gosh, that's really hard. For me, that's easy. Doom. Doom? That's a good one. I was Doom. The, the, when came Doom out. came out, man, that shit changed there. Dude, I was... And I'm not you a seem gamer. like more okay. of a Duke Nukem I guy than a, a Doom guy. I was hooked. <laughs> so... That was a good game. Very good. Ahead of its time, it, it really For was. Me, it's it's got to be Mass Effect too. My brother's upset. Like was like trying hard to get me on board with that Mass yeah. Effect game. He's like, you get to try, you get to like basically live out different kinds of your life. You know, yeah. change the game. I just never got into it. I I never gave it a try though. So my, if my if sense. you get it, if I will say this, if you give it a try and you start off with the first game, there's four games now. If you give it a try, you'll get sucked into it. Like you put ten hours into it, and then the rest of you know the next few months will be gone. Much like porn, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You give it, you get sucked in. Biohazard is another one that has a storyline that sucks yeah. people in hardcore. Yeah. So Look. does Skyrim. Skyrim's also a great one. Skyrim's story isn't as good though, but it's just like a big giant open world. It's so good. My son's and old school. Like he's a- he's playing Castlevania right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, there's a show. There's a Netflix series about that shit. Oh, that yeah, game. I haven't seen the Netflix series. There is a series. It's decent. I haven't seen that one yet. Though. So the answer to the question was, uh, I met I met her online. She was a gamer. <laughs> we're going back to this. <laughs> I thought we yeah. were talking about. Do- no, I'm kidding. Go. Yeah, please and, tell me. Uh, I realized I didn't want to like have another weird situation like where I you know I just wanted to come clean about everything. So I was like. Instead of coming across fake at all, I basically just dumped my entire sucky life on her. You did like, the Costanza method. Like, just, like, <laughs> listen, I'm not real stable. That shit worked? 
I am not real stable at all. I will, if you are with me, you will hear stories of things you will not want to hear. <laughs> uh, do not ask me questions like how many girls I've been with unless you want the answer. Um, I am old. <laughs> I, at the time, I was like broke. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm like, but I'll be, but I'll be straight with you. I'll be hundred percent honest with you. If you are what you say you are and all that stuff, as long as we meet like right away. So we met like a few days later. I had a girlfriend at the time, dear, but my girlfriend, scandalous. My, well, my girlfriend was by and was trying to get me to meet girls, you know, and all that. And, um, I really wasn't, I wasn't into all that too much. So I, uh. Yeah, sounds, I, awful. sounds I, awful. Well, let's put it this way. The night that I met my wife, I passed up a threesome just to meet her and hang out with her for the first time. So, are, you being, are you buying any of this? Yeah, it's true. No, it's, it's dead ass true. And uh, we really? actually yeah. met right where I'm sitting. He's walking around with like, just like $100 bills like, hanging out of his pocket. <laughs> yeah. It's no, weird we how this keeps now. happening uh, to me. It's crazy. But <laughs> we met right where I'm sitting is about where I was sitting when we met. I, she literally came out to this creepy ass barn. <laughs> Dear God, this is a cry for help. That you <laughs> she, we, what kind thing. of guy was she dating was before like, you? Is it cool if we don't drink? Because Interesting. I'm, not a, I'm not a big drinker and I don't need alcohol to like loosen up the shit. You know what I mean? So I, you know, just to kind just of feel because I didn't want to get stuck with like some drunk bitch. <laughs> so well, that's fair. Some lush, you want to get you know? to know her, I guess. But uh, although the scoring rates are higher with those. But anyways. Uh, but I was thinking long term, right? So, yeah, that was it. She came. She showed us like, wait, wait, shit, wait, 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 wait. You were thinking penis? long term, and you invited her to your murder shed. Yep. At and that time, worked. the room was different. It was more of a pool hall set up in here. Now it's more of a rock band slash scary clown. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm gutting. I'm gutting the whole thing in spring and switching everything around. Anyway, but uh, so it's changed a few times. But that's how it started. Just brutal honesty. And nice. honestly, we fell in love like right away. We knew it. We were we met on like June second, got married, uh, I think August thirteenth or something. I don't know. Whatever our fucking anniversary date is, who cares? Uh should have gotten married on your birthday. God, I hope she hears this. Oh, she will. <laughs> she will. She listens to all of these religiously. Yeah, she runs our, she runs our social media and stuff now. So yeah. She hears that. What everything. was y'all's what was y'all's first dance to at the wedding? Do you remember? Ooh, we didn't have dancing at our wedding. What? Um, oh, dude. What are you, like Jehovah's Witness or something? No, no, here's what happened. <laughs> we refused to no, have dancing. No, here's what happened. By like the time we got reception. to that point, we, were at, we, we ended up being at both simultaneously like the lows of life. And no, dead serious, dude. We were <laughs> that's homeless. That's the best time to get married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, listen. No, that's how crazy it was, right? People were like, you what had are you this doing? recording to where you can go back and listen to this, right? Yeah, we were Please. homeless. We had I had $5 to my name. Mm -hmm. We couldn't afford a place to rent or anything for a wedding, so I had it at a park, but you had to pay $5 to get into the park. Every penny you had. Every penny I had. So Her dress into the literally park. came from Salvation Army. I shit you not. Her <laughs> wedding dress. Like, this whole wedding was like 400 bucks. My first wedding, thousands, right? Mm -hmm. It ended up being by the water. We got to have anyone who was, you know, pretty important there, except for my mom who was in the hospital at the time. But, uh, yeah, and it was, and for both of us, it was our second wedding, and it was like the first wedding. It should have been. And mm -hmm. we've been together ever since. Four, so we're still bucks. best friends. Hang out every day. That's awesome. Yep. 
And it's actually like I've I've known him so long. Like I met him after, not long after his first divorce, his him and his first wife divorced, and then all the time, most of the time, him and I spent together was like us just both being single. And then when he got married to Jasmine, I was like, she's got to be pretty unique for like them to work <laughs> out like that. And uh, I talked to them like on the phone a couple of times, but I fi- when I finally met her, I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense. I'm like, they're perfect for each other. Like the, the saying of like, there's somebody for everybody. It actually really is true. Like I was like, that really is true. You just sometimes may have to like wait a little bit or like work really hard or like wait to find that person. But well, the normal really is true. The truth is true. Is like or, when you're a comedian, you had to be broke. <laughs> That's what I'm getting out of this story is I'm fucking up here trying to make money yeah. and like have nice things when I should really just be like going broke yeah, and just uh, pull the Costanza method where you just like tell them everything that you don't think that they want to hear and it works. Yeah. That's like, what I'm picking up here. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I just, that's what I'm saying. I didn't think that's for everybody, but, it, and then we, had, but we started from the bottom and had to work and? our way to where we were now, to where we are now now. So we appreciate everything that we've, earned and, and and work for and have you know and so now and now that we have like things and stuff and all that you know it's not like she if she had walked into what i have now it would have looked really shitty do you know what i mean it would have looked like she was just some gold digging just waiting for mm-hmm. me to kick off now she just looks way smarter about it you know what i mean <laughs> so what i'm hearing out of this part is there's no prenup in place <laughs> that that clown painting is gone at a moment's notice Hope it you know is that. it actually is and it's gonna be gone if it's there next time i come visit because i'm probably just gonna take a hammer to it <laughs> no, yeah. no it's made out of <laughs> velvet actually i have to actually move it into the house why uh he wants it prominently you want to you kill your mom with a heart attack no there's just uh there's too much smoke out here and i don't want to get it damaged <laughs> does it have like a famous artist is yeah, this like a, a yeah yeah okay and it was part right. of a collection yeah and there was only 210 ba- made back in 1934 wow, and this wow. is number 30 of the 210 the lowest mm-hmm. number that i've ever found that still exists is number 50 it went for like 2700 bucks it has tears in it four or five big Whoa. tears in it fold marks and it looks like shit this one is in perfect condition they must have you, like framed it way back then. Do you know the name of the artist? Uh, yeah, I can't really pronounce it. It's, <laughs> it's like uh, something like Claude Monet or something. <laughs> it's like some. Must yeah, be some he is French from guy. Paris. He is from Paris, and he wa- it was from the early twenties. Uh, hmm. And it made it all the way. To it's ninety years it was old. Was meant to be forever. Your yeah. garage, murder shed. Well, I guess the story behind it was this is a resale shop, and I any resale shops around here know me. I'm, when they get really weird shit in, like they'll let me know. I kind of that's how I, I kind of have a little bit of advantage on some people getting weird shit. But uh, so they when I went in, they told me about how what they knew about it, and apparently it was like there's some buildings in Detroit, some of the older buildings and homes, like the old Detroit mansions. Like half of Detroit. Yeah. And they're abandoned. Yeah. They're like, well, or finally, like they're going to get clearance to demolish them. So they will finally go in and unlock them. And they allow like charities to go in and pull stuff if it's worth anything. And then, you know, after that, then people just go in and like rip the copper, everything out of them. And then they just level them. But that right. could take years before they do the demolishing. So, but anyways, somewhere in that process, it ended up getting picked up out of a house or out of a building downtown somewhere. 
And then I, feel- I don't know how the hell it got where it, out here, but that's the story I got. I feel like Detroit's going to have like a major resurgence. No, it's not. It's it like, would there's change. so much cheap real estate. Like people who is like just for the real estate but thing. There's like, no jobs there. I used to live there. That's the, that is the problem. They would have to like bring the industry. Wait, I with have them. it on good authority that Trump's bringing all of those jobs back. <laughs> he wouldn't lie to us. Can't even bring his, <laughs> he can't even bring his hair back. How the hell is he going <laughs> to. You're telling me a politician would lie just to get votes? Yeah. I don't believe it. Yeah. It's he seems like a real straight shooter. <laughs> He 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 did seem like a straight shooter at early on because anybody that says no, grab the whole con man. There's not a lot of filters for non-truth. Like you didn't yeah. know not to say that. I mean, I would know not to say that. Hey 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 hey, that's just locker room talk. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this though. Uh, in his defense, I didn't think I was going to have that statement come out of my mouth. But like. Guys do say some pretty like if you had a any like a camera like a recording oh, device God. on you at oh, all times, yeah. none of us would be able to run for president. No, I'd say that for women too. Like uh, oh, any, yeah. nobody's life will hold up to like perfect. nonstop scrutiny. Yeah. It's, it's, exactly. Forget about it. Nobody's nobody's perfect. Nobody's said all the right things. Nobody's done all the right things. Nobody's made all the right decisions. Mm-hmm. And know? some but, people will laugh at your comedy, right? That's considered, yeah. you know, like on the edge or something. Yeah, they would yeah. never say those things or even probably admit they even think about those things sometimes, but they're laughing their ass off. So yeah. you yeah. know there's a connection with reality with that. Are you from like uh, the Houston area originally? Uh, I was born in Ohio, but I lived most of my life in California. So really? I, and I, you decided... They, so what was the thought process when you go from California you're like you know what I want to see what Detroit's all about uh, job opportunity but this was a long time ago so there was like a bit Ford more Motor Company no it was for, and then it just it was, died off it was make, it was a, in a machine shop mm-hmm. but then now that machine shop sadly is no more mm. so fucking China <laughs> yeah got got <laughs> so it's it really it, I mean <laughs> It's it's unfortunately true. It's just like there's not really many jobs there. So I moved to Michigan, then I moved back to California and spent the next several years there and then came out to here to Houston because I was like, wow, I want to be able to like afford to live. Right. And Texas is a perfect mix of you can get a good job yeah. and the cost of living so low and the like year round the temperatures are never that bad. No. I mean it gets kinda hot in the summer, but Everywhere you go is air conditioned, so it's yeah. not that big of a deal. I actually like the heat, so that's why I do like it here. Like, I hate the cold. I would rather be hot all the time than cold all the time. For sure. So here is perfect for me. And here in Houston, it's like a city of six million people. We're we're almost we're within the next like five years. I think it's projected Houston's going to be bigger than Chicago. So we'll soon be the third largest metropolitan area in the nation. Oh, there's more and, people in Houston than the entire state of Michigan. Yeah, and so it's, it's for good reason. It's it's. It's growing like here. It's like people like throw jobs at you. Basically, yeah. you drive down any road, and it's like now hiring, now hiring, help wanted. And so, like I've had a few people, you know, friends and family and stuff in California, and like, oh, move back to California. I'm like, no, you moved to Texas. You could buy two houses. You could rent one out, have it pay for your mortgage, right? And then you could work your normal. Like, you'd be easy to find a job. Oh, but I might make a little bit less. Yeah, but you'll have no state income tax. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, but was the no weather really nice? Is pretty in sweet. The though. weather in Draw. California is really nice. I feel like that would but, be such a huge selling point. And the thing is, though, is like I've I lived there for like what twenty six years total. Mm-hmm. 
and so I've I've lived most of my life in California. It's a great state. It's got it's really pretty. There's a lot of stuff to do. But like for me, I got tired of having to drive everywhere. So you moved to Houston. So I moved to Houston. But see, the thing <laughs> we is, you have to literally drive everywhere. But the thing is, it's all about your perspective. In California, if you want to go anywhere, it's like a two or three hour drive, sometimes more. Ugh. So it's like three, yeah, I like so to go like, to the mall. I got like <laughs> nauseous. Yeah, that from the drive being so fucking long. So you, you know, like, if I needed to go to Walmart, an hour. Mm. So it's they have WalMarts in California. Yeah, surprisingly. So it's it's things like that, and so it's like you really gotta like, and then like the you know taxes keep going. Like I think it's like a a dollar of your cost in gas is just taxes in California. Oh. and so yeah, I'm out. It's it's <sighs> yeah, it, it's bad. So it's like you know. If you want to be successful in California, you basically have to be wealthy or have a really, really, really good job. And a lot of people are just really, a lot of people in California have just been there so long or they're so stubborn. It's just, they don't want to leave. And hey, that's fine. And you know, every, everything's for everybody. But I'm like, I actually was that way before I moved here because I thought, oh no, I like it here. I don't want to move. It can't be that good anywhere else. This is California. And then I actually came and visited Houston and I was like, wait, this actually isn't that bad. And then I was like, wow, work is plentiful and everything is super cheap. Like I couldn't believe it. So then I was like, okay, I need to go give this a shot. And I did. And I'm, I'm, I know I haven't regretted it. I've been here four years and I love it here. And so like people here are like, oh, well, you live in Kingwood. That's really far away. Like you're going to Katie or you're going like my friends live down in Sharpstown right now. I go visit them all the time. I'm like, oh, that's so far away. I'm like, not for me. Half the time, if I wanted to go visit my friends in California, I had to drive two, three hours, sometimes longer. Yeah, so ridiculous. I'd see them like once every like three, four months because you got to like make your schedules line up and then have a long weekend just to go visit your friends and it's not like it's not an enjoyable like way to live for me and i you know and i mean california it's it, it's it's pretty and i miss the mountain the only thing i really miss is like the people that i love there and mm -hmm. then the mountains i love being i really was hoping you were gonna say mountains first and then the people that you love <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like nice this guy's got priorities you ever been to colorado yeah colorado is the only place in the u.s that, that i've been i haven't been to california mm -hmm. that i've been that i like i would move out of texas to, to live in like denver oh like, yeah I love, I love the mountains i love i yeah. love skiing and like to the it's just so beautiful everywhere you go it would probably be a huge pain in the ass like the snow tires yeah and, and having to shovel your car that would probably suck Sho right how back. do you shovel a car shovel the wind i got nothing i have to shovel the truck off yeah. <laughs> there's no just wiping yeah. it off dude you get a just shovel you a climb bitch. up on that bitch and just start pushing snow because you never shovel bad. the car come on now that's that's rookies first, well, first i can't reach the i can't reach the windshield no that's we well, have a giant truck too so he it's not lifted like even though it's just standard height <laughs> he has definitely got like big truck energy if yeah. i were to say like this guy it'd be hilarious if i was like so what do you drive he's like a fiat <laughs> wouldn't fit a, a smart car i'm like what the fuck a vespa scooter what was the first car you ever owned uh 1967 volkswagen beetle nice 1984 nice buick regal <laughs> not bad blue with chrome rims homie <laughs> nice. i had a, a a 1984 chevy celebrity station wagon oh yeah no ac AM radio only. Bitch five, killer. Five hundred bucks. And somebody had scratched Shaggin' Wagon on like on like the 
the top of the ceiling like right above where you, the, the driver's side door yeah and uh so yeah i knew what i was getting into <laughs> it's not I a bad choice for a first car really i think it was a beast yeah 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 i had i had two v- vw beetles I had one, then I crashed it and almost died in it. Then I had another car, then so I you bought another down. one. Yeah, <laughs> and then after that one broke down, I sold it to a kid at college, and he went and literally drove it into a pond. On purpose? Yeah. This is like an experience. Like, this is how much I disrespect this purchase. I'm going to drive this thing directly into a pond. I, I bought it for like 550 bucks. I sold it to him for 550 bucks. It had blown valves. And I, it barely ran. And I was like, do you really want this? He's like, yeah, me and my friend are going to fix it up. So then like a couple months later, I saw him. I was like, hey, did you fix up the car? And he's like, no, nah, I got bored. I'm like, what'd you do? He's like, well, my dad has a big pond on his property. And I got in the car and I thought, I wonder if I drive really fast, how far across the pond I can make it. I was like, how far did you make it? He's like, it's at the bottom of the pond. You yeah. can't see it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so he got pretty far. He did. Yeah. I was impressed. So I feel like that's like a, that's a death by drowning waiting to happen. It is. You hit the water real hard. You just hit the steering wheel and then like just a little bit out and you're you're screwed. Yeah. You almost were responsible for somebody. No, dying. I sold it to him. That wasn't my responsibility. Dude, you look like such a serial killer in a freaking bug though. Oh. <laughs> Holy that's fuck. what that's what that's what Bundy drove. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was picturing. Just you and some well, duct tape. No, I don't picture him as a Bundy. Ties. He's more of a Ed Gein or a or a BTK. BTK, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love those episodes. Time suck, dear They're God. great. They're great. Well, at least not you're not ugly like Ramirez. <laughs> you thought he was ugly? Oh, oh dude, he was ghoulish. Ghoulish scary, dude. That's why he was a predator so, like snuck up on people. Because believe me, if that guy came within 10 feet of me, I'd be like, ugh. Like, nothing negative to say about the white serial killers, but one Mexican killer, he's all tacky. Hey, listen, there's look, no I hate. see, I see what's going on. I'm 100% Hispanic. It's he's, just, yeah, he's, you know, he's an immigrant. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he's 100% Costa Rican. Costa Rican? Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. You made it. Like yeah, I know. That's that. exactly how I've always felt. Like, wow, there's like three or made four of all us the way to out, Detroit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what people are going to be saying about Detroit. Like, three or four of us got out. Yeah. There's only Actually, three or four uh, people left. <laughs> no, like seriously, there's huge sections of the town that are like overgrown. It looks like a movie, like this city, with you know, forty years from now, like where trees are growing through homes. If there's any why homes, why is left. that? It looks that like make the woods. Any sense to me. Like, <laughs> like I don't understand like a, a place that's really well developed infrastructure wise. Like obviously they were booming back when cars were a big thing, but like why couldn't they just diversify their no jobs? Like you go, why, you, why wouldn't they create jobs there? They haven't been able to. I th- I think was they haven't been able to create any sort of industry to keep people there because once the jobs left, people left. Right. Like once the factories, like you can drive through, like just not just downtown Detroit or Detroit itself. You drive through the the suburbs and stuff, and it's like abandoned factory, abandoned home, abandoned factory, and it's all just like falling apart. Yeah, like, like strip malls. Like, you be like, if it has if, twenty, you know, places to have businesses, four maybe. Yeah. Like actually, all, if, if all oil and gas left Houston, like I, I, I feel like why wouldn't other? There's already the infrastructure's there. Everything's got to be super cheap for people going into it. Yeah. Why couldn't you attract people or attract businesses? Well, like, they are. Like, there is a resurgence attempt right now. I mean, there's a lot of investors. There's a lot of real estate people now trying to buy up a lot of it. Like you said, because that real estate is like it's so cheap thing. you wouldn't believe it. You know, yeah. you can buy house. I'm not kidding. You can buy a house for a dollar. You have so many months to get it up to code, and then you own it. 
That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like there's got to be a, whenever people with like, especially with like as mobile as uh, business is getting and jobs are getting to where yeah. it doesn't really matter where you physically are. Like, people are gonna be like, "Oh, I'm gonna go live like a king in Detroit, where because uh, I'm gonna have a badass house for super cheap. I'm not gonna have this mortgage hanging over my head all my life." Like, it's gonna be a gold rush whenever people finally just. I think when I think somebody there will nuts be, up and I think there will a be a certain there. amount of resurgence in Detroit. I don't know that it'll ever come fully back only because the actual physical size of the city is very large. Right. But the, the area that's actually used is very small. I used to be a bike messenger downtown and that was like maybe a couple miles square radius job. Really? I mean, you were all around in there, but I mean, that was it. And the actual business area is very small. And then once you're outside that area, you don't go more than a couple blocks. And uh, it's not friendly anymore. So uh, there was a, when I, I used to deliver parts and there was uh, certain locations we would have to go pick up or drop off parts at. And they wouldn't even like let us in to the mm-hmm. business. The business wouldn't even let us in. You go <coughs> ring the bell. And then there was a camera there and they'd be like, who are you? Where are you from? And you'd be like, I'm Mark from the thing, so. The thing that you just ordered? Yeah. yeah. And so they're like, okay. And then they come and they open like a small little door and you hand the parts through and then they shut it. And okay. Leave. So crime's a big deal? Yeah. Crime can be a thing there. And so like when I was there, like it was one of those instances where like well, the first time I did that, I was like, oh, this is in this kind of neighborhood. Mm. And my brother one day made a delivery and he he was driving like the wrong way on a one-way street and he was like, I don't care. I'm just getting out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I lived very briefly in a pretty bad area, one of the worst <laughs> in the city. And when I lived there, we had a medical emergency. My wife has a heart condition. And when I called 911, they were like, we're not coming. Dear God. So they're like, get in a car and drive across the border into this next city, which was Dearborn. And that's what I, I literally had to do that. They're like, we're not, where are you at? No, we're not coming. And you're pay, aren't you paying for those services? Like you pay, you pay your taxes. taxes oh, pay at that time where we lived, the there department. was one house on the block standing. Furious. <laughs> there were no street lights. Uh, a couple, let's put it this way, a couple months after we left, the city sewer system failed and flooded the entire block in sewage. Ruined Yikes. any houses that were left, which was only a couple. I'm Why they're worth done. a dollar. Filled them and that's a dollar house makes a lot more sense. Yeah. These things are condemned. Yeah. Well, so the, a lot of them are. That's why we, I said you have to like, get them up to code. There was like wild dog packs that ran down there, feral dogs. I mean, like is, it was scary, dude. Is gambling legal there? Yeah. yeah. And they still can't bring people there? No. Yeah, but the one thing that people will really learn about casinos, I don't care how they fluff it. Anywhere I've been where there's casinos, the only thing that benefits from the money spent in the casinos is the casinos. Yeah. You go one block from a casino hotels and it's hood. Yeah. But the casinos are the hotels here. There's not enough people to have multiple hotels outside of that casino. So the casinos like comp your rooms for nothing just so you'll stay there and keep spending money. But yeah, the city doesn't, they, ha- they haven't gotten shit. Nothing's gotten better. since it's casinos. So the casinos. So how are we going to solve this problem? I feel like this is the the destiny of us right here at this podcast. Well, we're going to solve Detroit's problem. Um, my my solution to Detroit's problem is just get Juan to come move here to Houston, and then we forget about it forever. <laughs> that <doesn't, laughs> that's, that's, that's so <laughs> shitty. <laughs> you know what? I think would help. I think it would help if somebody with a lot of money. I mean, obviously, it takes a lot of money to make a difference. Um, 
would have to take a risk. I would love to see a, a resurgence of entertainment in Detroit because, you know, we mm-hmm. used to have Motown. We used to get all the good shows. We used to have the best rock bars, the best venues. We used to have tons of, of uh, comedy clubs. The entertainment was a huge deal. And, but it was because, you know, there was a lot of people here. People had money. They could do the extras. But I was thinking, you know, maybe they could reverse. It seems the area is so cheap. Bring that stuff, and then maybe it'll bring the people, too. And then, you know, hopefully it would. Because it's just like you're saying, even in Houston, you got a couple comedy clubs. We have one, like, in the entire state. That's one. crazy. And it's like an hour and 45 minutes from here. Yeah, because think about, like, if you were, like, a movie studio, think about all the exactly. space. Yeah. You like, a, you go like, oh, you want a building? Here, take this exactly. building. Exactly. You want it to look scary? Not a problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's terrifying. You need extras from The Walking Dead? We got you. Well, and the other <laughs> thing is, the rules are lax in Detroit. Like, the laws and everything. You can smoke in a bar in Detroit. You can drink uh, past you. two. So you're Detroit. a smoker, right? If you go to the right place. I mean, there's not... You could do that in Houston, though. Yeah, right? I mean, I like, this you know, little taqueria right next to my apartment... They're like open till four o'clock in the morning every day. They just they just give you the, your beer in a styrofoam cup. Like yeah, right, right on. There's no rules if you find the right place. I'm gonna need to get that name of that taqueria from you. I don't, oh, I can definitely I, get it to you, dude. I am on a quest to try every taco place in Houston, and I know I'll. Never oh, the food's it. garbage. Ah, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> place called Mila's off of uh, uh, Richmond and Fondren. Okay, but uh, really nice people. I was the only one that spoke English in there. As a first language, but uh, it was a good time. So, being that you're single, do you just and and like you're doing the comedy thing? Obviously, you got to do a lot of driving. You're doing a lot of drowning and pussy. Was so that what you're gonna like, ask? Do you no. just do a lot of that, just solo, just all the time, just hustling? Yeah, for sure. That's that's awesome, man. It's like like you said, you have that freedom right now, and uh, that that well, I find that for myself, when I've done a lot of things, I'm like on my own. You end up in social situations that are different weird and awesome sometimes yeah when you're by yourself because people will say oh you know you're particularly if you can make people laugh you know right. the next thing you know you're in their party and they're buying you drinks and you're like you don't even know what happened you know that's the fun shit yeah you gotta happen. be you gotta be you gotta be uh, like part of the group you gotta everywhere you go you go you gotta be like of the moment i mean i don't do like you don't really have to do that whole lot in comedy because you run into the same people and you kind of do segment yourself like there's always like a side stage or or back room where all the comics are like, they're all hanging out there talking to each other, not giving a fuck about the comic who's on stage, <laughs> literally like, ag- aggressively not paying attention to the comics on stage. Um, that would make me but, feel more comfortable, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, whenever you go into like, whenever you live all on your own when you're single and like you just want to go do something, like when I went to Mila's, I was like, you just got to be comfortable going somewhere and being friendly. It's so easy whenever you you're at a place to just strike up a conversation. Now, whether that other person wants to talk to you or not, that's a different story. Yeah. But my, I went out with my buddy a while ago and we were, I just struck up a conversation with this group. Uh, he's like, hey, I can't believe you're so comfortable. I'm like, what's the risk? It's the same thing with the same yeah. mentality with standup. You're like, people are like, I can't believe you do that. I'm like, the risk is you get on stage for five minutes, you bomb. Nobody right. knows yeah. you, who you are. Nobody cares. What's the big deal? That being said, like I'm from the Houston area, like spring mostly, so that you are a little bit reserved of what you say or do because you guys may get back to family. Uh, but like if you live in a different city, dear God, you can just you can just be a, be a freak show and nobody would care. And you're like whatever. I, I moved to Florida for a job, and my buddy who's also bald was like begging me 
to get a wig. It's like, dude, nobody knows who you are. Just get a wig. They'll never know. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, was like, I don't no. have a ton of self-respect, but I have a little bit more respect than that. Right. But he was like, he was like dead serious. He would do it if he was in that situation. So, yeah. Do you remember what, what it was like, was to have like hair? the yes. first time that you did an open mic? Like, do you remember how it went? Or oh, like- yeah. Yeah, it went okay. It wasn't bad. I wouldn't say it was great. Like I had like two or three jokes that landed, mm-hmm. a couple that were like crickets. Um, but yeah, I remember it being average, which is, I think you talked to somebody else where it's like, they were talking about the same thing. Just about everyone who's still in it didn't like completely bomb their first time. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I asked that question. I just wondered, did anyone get past like just that, you know, having some just awful first, you know, situation? So, uh, I can tell you for sure there are. Yeah. Because there's people that I've seen that have always bombed and have never had a good set and they're still doing it. So I'm like, clearly so there's certain people who are, I guess, gluttons for punishment. That, But uh, yeah, usually people get better really quick. And then it's like golf. Like you, you really, really, really suck in the beginning. And then you'll get better to a certain point where you kind of plateau. And then it's really hard to get to that next level. Mm-hmm. But then whenever you do, it's like... You've it feels really good and you get more access and it's just more fun but then you gotta level yourself up <laughs> what was that look <laughs> that was the honey take your phone and get it out of here look oh she's witnessing this yeah what a guy this guy's got it figured out <laughs> so uh, back to the dating thing so i am single so do you, you clearly it's worked for you you've been married uh a couple of times yep like, <laughs> what is your like if if you were to give strategy to a single guy like this is especially with the so you've done the online dating thing too so what are your tips for online dating that I need to be paying attention to you know I here's what my this was my thing I know it sounds weird but when I was going through like trying to meet women online right I was looking at the photos right because that photo is what they really want to project out you know if the photo right. had an ounce of like boobage ass anything like that because i was looking for like long-term serious relationship no asses no boobs for sure i got you i mean like i just not that they couldn't have anything but like if that was what they were trying to put out i'm just like i'm I'm gonna be one of 800 guys trying to like you know jerk off to this chick like eh, fuck it so i'm not you know i didn't waste time and the other thing was if they're like if their bios or whatever the stuff that they write about themselves seem legit or if it was just a bunch of dumb stuff like you know i like to go out on the weekends and drink and hang out with my friends I'm like, well, then you're not for me because you still want to just get drunk and be a whore. Uh, so I just sort of avoided that. The other thing I did, I, the mistake I did make, though, was I was trying to date women my age. And I realized that would never work for me because they're so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not woman, co-signing this. No, any woman Anyone my listening? age that's single has been through some shit. And uh-huh. it's going to be my fault eventually. <laughs> so i kind of wanted a cleaner slate so with jazz the slate's really dirty but at least it was acceptable <laughs> acceptable amount of dirt exactly well at least slate. i finally got with one where i didn't feel like the man whore you know what i mean it's like oh, like <laughs> she's a good person point? now like she was like me like she wanted a serious relationship she had been married so like but but the past histories were both just awful like mm-hmm. promiscuous so it worked out i finally got with someone where it wasn't like I look like the shitty person. <laughs> I was like, oh, you were all. Okay. That but, is the tip of all tips. Yeah. Like, just date somebody where you feel like the moral <laughs> superiority. 
Because that's the, I'm an idiot here trying to find somebody who's better than me. I'm fucking up this whole. That's why I'm not having success. Yeah. I need to go for people who I can lord my. Well, and you gotta keep the standards on. low. By that I mean like <laughs> not yours, hers. Right? <laughs> you want to come Clearly. in as honestly broke as possible, so they're not expecting too much shit. Right. Unless right. you honestly can just go buy whatever the fuck you want. In that case, then you can up the looks category up a couple clicks. But you got to be real with what you are and what they are. And so there's and a sliding you- scale here of like attractiveness that you're allowed to have with how much money you have. Oh, with men, it's absolutely you- true. Anyone says it's different. Bullshit. You got money. You get real good looking. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, I was in a store. Uh, it was several months ago and I was buying my, my wife a present. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was this like boutique, you know, whatever. And I come in there looking like me. Now they, this is not the place for people like that look like me would walk in, right? So they're looking at me like, whatever, not really paying attention, you know? So then I go up to the front and I say to the lady, I was like, look, I'm looking for something for my wife and I want something filthy. I want something dirty. I want something that's so over the top that it'll like surprise her. Right. So I end up getting some really nice stuff from there. Right. And well, I couldn't decide between a couple things. Right. So in the end, I just decide to, to get them both. Right. Now there's these three ladies standing there, you know, and they all look like, how do I say it? Uh, <sighs> gold digging horse, I guess. Uh, oh boy. So that's what they look like. I'm not saying they were, these are employees. But it's the uniform we're they were wearing. Here. And so all of a sudden, and they, they start paying attention now because I'm going to spend some money, right? And I turn to the lady and I go, hey, I know, I know what just happened. I go, I got a, a lot better looking, didn't I? And she started laughing because it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> and then I made sure that I said to her, I said, you see this stuff? I said, this stuff is for a woman who loved me when I had nothing. Mm-hmm. And then I bought the shit and I walked out. Heck yeah. Because that's what I, I wanted to know. Like, I don't mind like doing stuff jazz when i could but when i couldn't she was still with me you know and so that's why that's fun to do now if i can right, that's nice but i mean yeah so that's what it was i was honest and poor and uh so you know i mean I like I, her family I, was oh god dude her dad hated me like <laughs> he's like then, no way well no because i pulled up i was like 41 years old when i met her she was 26 <laughs> i pulled oh up my in my god. free my free ford Taurus, which i got from yours truly mark Oh my he gave god. me this car. I only had two hubcaps left, so I made sure that when well, I only need two, did my right? GPS and I pulled up to her house, that the hubcaps would be on that side of the car when I parked across the street. Savvy, savvy. Yeah, yeah it was pretty. It's pretty. How are you? How is y'all's relationship now? Now it's like, he still hates me. Oh my god. <laughs> well, you know, we 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 grew though because we had a rough patch because like we got married like you know a couple months after we met, so we were like married our month. Good lord. Uh, anyways, <laughs> oh my so, god! Like we were still dating, but married. But the thing was, I didn't want to play games, and like I'm clearly, you know, I was serious, and I'm old, dude. I could die any day, so I was like, you know, I want to lock this in before she gets away. And uh, so, but now, you know, we work through all that shit, and like we're like best friends. You know, nice. she's. We just kind of like we have this. We're lucky. We we're very very lucky because. We were, pe- we were people basically, like, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, but, like, I felt undateable at my uh-huh. age. Because at my I age, I was supposed that, to have yeah. way more money. I was supposed to be way more successful. There was, 
a lot of things that society deems as making you more attractive as a good choice. I was basically none of those things. So what was the allure for her? <clears throat> what was the allure for you, Jess, to date me? She said I had a heart oh, of gold. Oh, heart of gold. Not a gold, not physical, not literal gold. Yeah, because that's the only gold I could afford was the golden heart. I yeah. There was, we go. <laughs> so, but at least I was like straight with her because I was like, you know, I wasn't this way. I was not, listen. I never loved a girl. My really truly fell in love until I met my jazz. Like I thought I had been in love before. I thought I knew what it was about, but I didn't because like I was like a horrible human being. And the only thing, the difference isn't because like one day I got up and decided to be good for my woman. It was just I found the right one, and now like. There's no greener grass. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know awesome. that sounds like... So I, I never thought I'd talk like that. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. You know I, what I mean? well, how are you defending the fact that you're best friends with a guy who just self-admitted to being a total piece of shit growing <laughs> up? <laughs> because uh, he kept his standards low. It always keeps him up. That's why he <laughs> is the host and creator, and I'm the co-host. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. Exactly. Oh my God, yeah. this whole time, by comparison, yeah. you look like a god. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. You guys. <laughs> See, yeah, but, what what it really the, is? The pe- people like Juan, they live the best lives though, because they live unencumbered by right. what is somebody thinking about me or right. should I do I should do that. I do what wonder it- about that because, like, for instance, some I have members of my family, right? That like they absolutely care what everyone thinks about them. That seems so stressful to me. It I, is, it's yeah. not that I like. I don't. I'm not arrogant. Like I don't think I'm better than anyone at all. I just feel like we're all the same and nobody's special so i treat everyone the same i don't care how old you are how young you are what color you are what race you are female male you're gonna get the same me you know sometimes people even request like can you tote it down a bit can you quit swearing can you do no this is me like I, this is the same me i'm no different on here than i am when i turn off the record you know when when i started this podcast i had i i knew i wanted to do a comedy podcast for mm-hmm. like a couple years and I always wanted Juan to be my co-host, not only because we're best friends, just because of who he is. And so there was actually a couple other people I was considering. I thought maybe I could ask them instead. And then finally I was like, no, I just need to go ask Juan. And so far it was the best decision. But the reason... So far, big caveat. <laughs> well, you, know, you, little, you can be replaced. Keep on the, <laughs> <laughs> the reason that Juan and I... I are such good friends and we have the back and forth and the rapport that we do is because neither of us care what the other thinks and neither of us have ever judged each other. Like we have said, like admitted the, <laughs> like the, our biggest mistakes mm-hmm. are the stupidest things we've ever done. The most awful decisions we've ever made. Like we've told each other things that I won't even tell like my own brother or other people that I am really close to. And you know, it's like, and neither of us judge each other. It's, oh, yeah, well, I made mistakes, too. And let's, oh, there's this commonality there. And it's, it's what makes it, like, that's what makes it really special. Yeah, really next really time, good. tell her to cut her nails before she sticks her finger in your butt, and you won't get cut. Come on, <laughs> what are you, new? You got a great tip right there. It's the best piece of advice I got of the week from you, Mark. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorite, like, reoccurring jokes. I have a bad habit. Like, I'll have the same reoccurring joke and situations that keep popping up yeah but every time i see somebody who's got like a, a they're like they're they cut their finger or they're, they're, something's wrong with their hand like what you find out your asshole had teeth i saw me <laughs> using that line for years 
That's one thing. So I, I grew up with, I, I had a, a group of friends that were nonstop busting each other's balls. That's yeah. all we ever did. And like, you get a lot of good material from just knowing people that are just like constantly yeah. ribbing each other. And yeah, me and my friend Joel used to do that shit. in public. You know, yeah. I would be the short, fat friend. He's like six four, tall, skinny as shit, and one of these most intelligent people I know. And dude, his his like uh, his verbal game is dude to be not fucked with. He, I mean, I fuck up most people. This dude run me. He will make <laughs> he will make anyone cry. <laughs> Just like, and uh, yeah, but it's will. it's hilarious. The stuff you know, no restraint. <laughs> Just well, as long brutal. as it's funny, it is. As long as it's funny, that's all that matters. Exactly. Like, what's what's crazy about comedy? So like, uh, when you, the comedy community, uh, some comics are similar to me. Like this, they constant like busting each other ball, but busting each other's balls, and that's accepted. And people know you're joking. But there's some comics that are like very sensitive. Like yeah. they don't take jokes at all. They're like no, like, and they'll get clammed up. I'm like, dude, you're a comic. You should you should know that this is a joke. And I'm just so used to being with like buddies who are like constantly jabbing each other. That's just like that's the go to like like a standard mode. So when I'm doing that with new people, you have to realize you got to calm it down a little bit. Some people just don't get it. Some yeah, I, I've had that happen. Which a is few such times. a buzzkill. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, you you're okay. This is really bothering you. I well, because sometimes like the people they'll laugh along, and then you you mm-hmm. think it's okay, and then a little bit later you realize, oh wait, they look a little salty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like there's a comic here in town who like uh, pretty early after like I had met him, we had some conversations. We were on like friendly terms, but like there was one night where it was like there's no crowd. And uh, there's just comics. So I go up there and like somebody kind of does a joking heckle. So I just start laying into uh, the comics and start busting their balls. And I, like, I get into the one guy. And I'm like making fun of his. He's like, oh, you're telling your wife divorced you? Oh, I can't believe it. Kind of just like sarcastic, like really busting his balls. And he laughed at the moment. But I feel like for like the longest time, he's like, this motherfucker in front of my divorce. <laughs> and uh, yeah, to this day, I think it's still, it's, it's, still, still it's still, it's still in the back of his mind, I think. You know, but I think but, it's uh, really important to laugh even at yourself. Like I, yeah. I do a lot of like, you know, maybe like, I guess people would think it's like, you're kind of bashing on yourself, but you're not, it, believe me, it's not because I have low self-esteem or something. <laughs> yeah, right? He's going for the laugh. It's just because yeah. it's fucking funny. I, yeah. I say the shit about me that I think someone funny would say about me if they saw me, like for the yeah, first exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. And that, because I think, because that's how I think. And, you know, well, you and, see, he's in Detroit. He knows all about that B Rabbit uh, method from Eight Mile. Like, if you get all the, the jokes out before they can get to them, like, oh, they, they don't really have any ammunition. Yep. Plus, I, like, it goes back to like, you just want people to have a good time, you want people to laugh. So I have no problem telling a joke that's at my expense, or I host shows around town. So like, uh, people will come up to me uh, like if they like, t- mess with me off the stage after they're on stage. Like, hey, sorry, I, I kind of uh, went after you a little bit. I was like, no, by all means, yeah. if you think it's gonna get a laugh, it's gonna make the show better and more fun to where people are gonna want to come back. Yeah, yeah. Doug and Nick did that uh, with me a little bit, and I'm not gonna lie, I've a little to bit. That. <laughs> I've listened. No, I've listened to that episode myself personally more than any other episode. Oh the, yeah, that, that was hilarious. They fucking killed me, man. I, I felt, <laughs> I felt like this weird community with that. I feel it with you too. It's like this weird, like it, it's an acceptance of shit. Where you can just, <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. you know. But but a lot of people they can't do that. They just can't yeah. take it. And I, so, I, you know, like I said, like I have family that like really quick. care about. Yeah. 
like what everyone perceives them at. Dude, if you care about how people perceive you now, that's just nuts. Because in a moment's notice, there can be a tweet, a social media thing, anything. People can twist off and try to make you look like anything. So my fear mm-hmm. theory is just be yourself all the time and don't be fake. And then people yeah. really can never claim that you're fake. No one claims I'm fake. No. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is there are some people out there, like I'm not talking about comics. I'm just talking in general. Some people just don't have a sense of humor. Yeah, and you try and joke with them. (laughs) (laughs) It's a thing. Did you listen to the last episode we did? Uh, -uh. who was it? What was it about? Robin Williams. Oh yeah, actually, I did listen to part of it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he. Did you hear about the part where he was in Germany on a talk show? Uh, uh. So he he shared a story I saw in an interview. He was in Germany on a German talk show, and the lady said, "Why do you think there's not so much comedy in Germany?" Oh yeah, he said. Uh, did you ever think you killed them all? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> that is. Some people just don't really have a sense of humor. Like a few years ago, someone I know came to me and said, you don't have a good sense of humor. I don't feel like you laugh a whole lot. And I was like. Those um, are not correlated. I was like, you really? What? It just didn't make any sense. I was like, I, in, in my group of friends or the people that I know, I am always the person that laughs the most, laughs the loudest, and I say just whatever dumb jokes come to my mind. A lot of the times I'm putting my foot in my mouth or going too far, but like, I am the person who literally laughs all the time every day unless i'm completely isolated by myself and marco hit a joke that like nobody would else try because they'd feel like goofy or something yeah he doesn't care he'll do like the worst dad joke the worst like yeah and it's but it's still funny though yeah because it's like damn you took a damn i wouldn't even say that i'm the person that will like literally like die choking because i can't breathe oh yeah over the stupidest joke like we were we were camping last year and my brother made just like a really, really dumb joke. We were talking about Asian food and he just made a joke like in a fake Asian accent and it just killed me. And I literally fell off the picnic table. I was laughing so hard and everyone was like, that wasn't funny. And I was like, it was so stupid. It was funny. I was like, you will love this comedian named Shane Gillis. <laughs> you would love his comedy. So <laughs> you said that you host shows. Yeah. So how does, I, I got to ask you more because it's it's getting interesting talking to more and more comedians is, so how does the hierarchy work? Like, how are you, people talk about like, you know, you got to put the work in, you got to do this and that. And like, so how do you like earn your stripes as a comedian in the community, in that community, that small knit community to like get to the point where you're hosting shows and then, you know, like, where do you go from there and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so there's like different, like, it's really is a lot about who you know and being in the right place at the right time. And for me, like, I was at the right place at the right time. I was like, and I was, I'm more than anything, like, more than I am funny, I'm reliable. Like, I, I that's one of the things, like, there's a lot of comics who are still growing up a little bit and they're notoriously unreliable, not there on time. But like, I'm a little bit older, I'm very responsible. So, like, then I think that's what went into the thought process when I got picked to host an open mic, the first one. So I hosted an open mic and I ran it really professionally. Like I would email everybody, had to line up on time, and uh, worked well with the bar owner. And um, and I kept getting, you get to what's great about it is like that's part of something you have to learn through comedy. So I got really lucky to be in the right place, at the right time, and reliable to where I got an opportunity to host really quickly. Yeah. And whenever you host, like that's a skill you have to have at some point because in the the 
when their main goal is to be like be able to do big shows and big shows all are all have the same format to where there's a host so that's a skill that you have to have so you have to have like 10 15 minutes of good material you have to be able to talk to get the crowd going you have to be able to get them like, like follow the rules and- yeah get them warmed up and you have to make sure that they're not like going to be like chirping the whole time uh and you have to be able to remember what the comics coming up have coming up so that way you can you can say their credits or whatever. But there, that is a skill that you have to pick up at some point. Um, and uh, I was looking to get it early on. But uh, typically, uh, it's very hard. <laughs> you have to either get really lucky with somebody who's running a show that wants you to host it. Or you have to basically go out and find your own showcase. Whoa. And then you create it from nothing. Um, which which works too, but... Um, but now, yeah. So I did the started hosting the first show that was going well, and then I had a friend that wanted like to. She was like really into like yoga. So that was like her big thing. It was her passion. So she would have me uh, co like guest host like every other week when she would go like she was just getting burned out. And I started doing that, and that was going really well. And then she's like she completely retired from the comedy side of things. So I I took over that that show, and then. It's, so it yeah. was perfect timing. Yeah, I was like a very sure, like for sure. Like um, most comics, either like I said, either start that to go out and start their own thing to get a show, yeah. or they're just really, really big at, at like the secret group. And then the like the people who own it, like if they know that you're really funny, they're like, all right, here you have the show, or what do you have? You have any ideas? I was lucky enough to where that wasn't even I didn't have to worry about any of that, so I could be as unfunny as I wanted to be. Yeah, <laughs> but but still ha- <laughs> have the show. But that, yeah, had to make, that had to make you feel special, or like maybe that they saw something in you that maybe. Oh, the guy, yeah, yeah. the guy I run it for would say that. I don't know how much he believes it, <laughs> but um, but no, yeah, I think for me, I you know just being transparent, I think I got really lucky uh, to be able to run the shows that I did because both times I was just like in the right place at the right time. That's awesome, though. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. A good host does make all the difference. There was, I went to a comedy show at Katie Vibes here in Katie, uh-huh. and there was uh, that. There was, oh man, I forgot the name. There was Sandra D, and then there was another comic, the guy who went last, and they were the two funniest ones. And there was three other comics that went up before, and the first we want com- names. The first, the first, <laughs> I, I'd have to look up the names. I forgot the name. I guarantee you, start describing it to me. I'll know exactly. The who it is. one of them, the one that I'm thinking of, was from Dallas. And drove down here to do the show and then said was like driving back home. So she gets up and she starts talking about, I mean, and she talked for, pro, she had like, I think 15 minutes and she didn't get a single laugh. Ooh. Like she bombed. Uh-huh. And as it went, she started talking faster and faster and faster and faster. Sorry, getting nervous. And, and so I, I felt really bad because I was like, oh man, just like, I was like, calm down. Like, and, and she just bombed completely. And so, like, it was just crickets. People were starting to heckle her and stuff. And so she finally, like, finishes and gets off. And the host comes up and says, he just goes, well, looks like it's going to be a long four hours drive for you back to Dallas. And everybody just was roaring. Hilarious. And I was like, that's a pretty good host right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's You definitely have to be in the moment. You have to pay attention. Because if... one thing I was I'm really good at um, is doing that kind of stuff yeah. to where if there is tension that's built up by somebody bombing, you have to instantly release that tension when you yeah. get on yeah, stage. Yeah, but that also made it worth them listening to it because now they were able to really appreciate that joke together. And it yeah. did get a laugh from her performance, right. just not from her. 
And then it doesn't make you feel like you wasted your time. Like, holy shit, that was funny. Like, I can't believe Oh, it. no. She's not taking that away. No, that's, <laughs> that's not her takeaway. She didn't do her job of being funny, which is, it sucks. I mean, sometimes you just have an off night. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like, you didn't do your job. You're not getting paid. No, but I mean, but thing, the host kind of gets save that with a joke like that. For sure. And then Sandra came on after her and just crushed it. Yeah, because that's why it's so important <laughs> for the host to, to release that tension is because if you don't want it to carry over to the next comedian, because then that next comedian doesn't have a fair shake. Right. So you want to be able to get them laughing again before the next person comes up. Or else, so the, you, the, it's all about show management. You, it's kind of a selfless thing to an extent. Like, so you're, you're the one I, that chooses like the order also? Yeah. Okay, that's important too to know. So you're right. You'd have to like be in the know to even know how to do that order. Even you'd have to know how to. Yeah, do you that. have to. You have to that. Plus, you have to like stack comedians in ways that like you know like they're like this person's a guaranteed yeah big laughs like no matter what audience it is like this person's a little bit newer so you have to kind of stack it in a way to where like you're going to keep the audience in the seat the whole time because if they see like two or three bad people in a row yeah they're like fuck this i'm out of here uh, especially if it's during the week yeah because like they're just looking for a reason to to, to leave um but as long as you're having fun and you keep it lively and you get good yeah. comics that's the thing that's kind of uh, hard whenever you host a show is that you don't want to use the same people all the time and you're going to hit up by people that want to do it. And um, But the, on the other side of it, you use the similar, like a, a certain group of people because you know they always do yeah. well. Yeah. Because if your show gets a reputation of like, oh, it sucked. I went there. It was like, there was one comic out of five that was yeah. good. Nobody's going to come back for that. Yeah. So it's tough. Yeah. The show I went to on Tuesday at the Secret Group, it was like eight or nine comics. I'd only seen, I think I'd only seen two of them before. Yeah. Sun Tran and Dan Hornstein. I'd only I seen them before. I love Dan Hornstein. Dan. I, was, I messaged him today. I, was like, <laughs> I had a situation that came up with, I was talking to some buddies yeah. and he's in sales. He's like, I got to do this two hour presentation. I was like, you were going to love this joke. <laughs> and I went to start typing it out. I'm like, I'm going to butcher this. So I just hit up Dan. I was like, hey, Dan, you got a clip of this this, this portion of your stand-up that I can show to my buddy? He sent it over to me in like five minutes. He's Dan's great. Dan gets a lot. He gets, he, he didn't even give, he gets a lot of uh, shows, but he didn't even get as many shows as I think he deserves. His comedy just hits me right in the right spot. He's, 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 he's really funny. He has that like slight self-deprecating humor. Yeah. And he, he's, he was really good like on the fly too because we're at the secret group and we were talking and he said a joke and it bombed and it started and it was raining, but the rain picked up right after that. And he goes, that he goes, Oh, the rain's getting louder. He goes, that's just the sound of my depression after bombing on that joke. Yeah. And everybody just starts laughing. And then the rain let up for a second and he goes, and here comes the depression again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan's like, he doesn't do a whole lot of like a, improvising during a set, but he is like in conversation. He is super sharp. Yeah. He's the kind of guy like where you're having a conversation and he'll throw in a couple of like a lines, just like just throw away lines, and like that's hilarious. Like he's the kind of person you're always like, you should do a bit about that because that's yeah. so funny. That nugget of what you just said is so yeah. funny. He's just like naturally funny. He sees as, it. Yeah, that's that's. I got a good dude too. Here. Really good dude. Oh yeah, you do. He's I think he'd be great on. You know, how you were saying that uh, like some people come up and bomb like over and over and over. As yep. a host, do you ever say no? Yep, I've done I've done that a couple times this week um but it, it sucks but like it's i would never say no to somebody that could can do it yeah like if i've if i've seen them have success and um 
I, I wouldn't say no. Because like, yeah, people, some people have good nights and bad nights, and it's no big deal. But the people who you see consistently, consistently bomb, or people you don't know, like people will hit you up like that you've never seen before, and you're like, well, I've never seen you do five minutes, much less ten. Because the most open mics are five minutes, the shows are ten minutes plus, mm -hmm. and the one I run on Wednesdays, it's like they're all ten minute sets. So you're like, ugh, like I like, uh, you don't want to be mean, but you also be like, hey, yeah, I don't want to, yeah, are you, could you really listen? Uh, and most people are honest. Most yeah. comics are like, yeah, I don't have, I don't have ten minutes. And then some people will just flat out lie to your face. You're like, okay, can you send me a video? And they send you a video, and it's like terrible. Yeah, and you're like, oh, nah, dude. It's it sounds like being a musician. I've been doing music for years. It's similar in the mu in music too. Like people want to, you know, do you have a demo I can listen to? Do you have a video of your band? You know, you want to have a good, you want to have a good product out there. And I, while I was touring, I played guitar in a classic rock cover band. And they were genuinely the best musicians. What was the name of the band? The Lax. And so they're from California. And so they were the the absolute best musicians I've ever played with. Mm -hmm. and Dan's, a good, Dan's a really good guitarist too. Apparently. Ooh, I gotta, I gotta talk to him about that. And it was really cool because like, you knew with them you were getting shows because mm -hmm. everyone knows that you're just really good. And so like I've here in Houston, I've gone and done some like open mics and stuff. And it's been fun. And it's been good and stuff, but like n nobody around here really knows me because I haven't gone out and done it a whole lot. But once you get out there, like I've never really had anybody say no to me. They're like, oh, okay. But I have, you know, been in that environment long enough to have other people be like, oh, you know, this person, they gave us this demo, you know, listen to this demo. And you're like, eee, we, we don't really want to. I mean, mm -hmm. nobody's going to be wanting to go to like the bar and grill and listen to this band because they can't sing or they can right. this whatever and it's and it's not and i and i always found it hard because you don't want to like disparage anybody but at the same time you do have to be honest sometimes to just say hey you know what we can't accommodate this right now or we can't do this right now and i always try and do it in a way where it's not like oh you suck and you know whatever but sure, you gotta yeah. just be like hey you know what we just this isn't what we're looking for right now yeah i mean i haven't had to do it a whole ton um because most of the people, I, the, the circles I run with, like, they can at least do ten minutes. So, it's, yeah. I, but but when you have, you do have to do it, I'm I'm very encouraging, uh, believe it or not. Like, but um, so yeah, you got to be judicious. Yeah, because isn't it kind of like a, a brotherhood? Because everyone's in it, doing it together. You're all taking the same risk. You're all you know putting yourself out there. I mean, stand up comedy. I can't think of another form of art where you are more vulnerable. I mean. It's like a light comes on and you're it. And that room is only focused on you, except for the comedians that are busting your balls in the back. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> or the people at the bar that didn't know there was a comedy show and they <laughs> yeah. could do not give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to talk full volume the whole time. Just to just submarine the whole thing. But yeah, very vulnerable. But, but uh, that's one, that's another thing you learn from being a host is you get a lot better at crowd work, mm -hmm. which some comics are very pro crowd work. Some comics hate it. They just think it's, they don't respect it. They just like, oh, that's you know, just go to your, just stick with your material. But I love crowd work because you can get if you can get. It's all about getting the the room involved. Yeah. So if you have a show that's not going well or people aren't paying attention, you see them tuning out. You have, to, especially a smaller show, you have to engage each person. Get them involved, get them having fun, or else they're out the door. It's yeah. like, you know, that's totally true. Back. That is totally true. We were at a rock show a little while ago, and it was like some local bands came on, and 
the first two bands were honestly some of the worst talent I, I've ever seen. I mean, it was so bad. The third group that came on was touring with a national band, but they were still like, you know, they were they weren't known or anything. And he came out to the crowd and physically like met everyone like in between set. Like before they went up, he came out and shook hands with everyone, handed us cards, and on the card it said, I promise we don't suck. That's smart. That <laughs> that's is so that is fucking. And guess that's what? That's a they pro. didn't suck. He came through. They were probably the best band. They were actually better than the headliner. And that it was just bold that idea. he but the thing was, like you said, if he hadn't came out and like shook our hands and introduced himself and like chatted it up, we probably would have left. Because we were kind of yeah. done at that point. Like even us. And uh yeah. that but you're right. You know, he came out and engaged us and we stayed and then like he he got merch bought. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good idea because that is, that, I can't tell you, it happened last night. I was at a show and it wasn't the comic, the comics weren't good, but it was like the comics were all good, but some just have an off night and you can see people leaving when you know a killer is about to go on stage. You're like, no, don't leave. Trust me that if you, this next person, you're going to love this person. And like that, that idea of, of going to the crowd, I've seen comics do that. People, it's usually the more, veteran people will do that because they see it happening they see the writing on the wall like oh fuck we're about to lose the whole room and nothing sucks more than telling comedy to an empty room and like so i went yesterday um i host a show every wednesday at liberty station and um and there's a biker rally like meet up that mm-hmm. same day so it was a fucking disaster but um we, we got through it we had an okay time but the audience was never great throughout the whole night and we've been building momentum. So we've had good shows recently, but, um, it sucked. And then I had a buddy who, who sent me a message like, Hey, I got a show at the secret group. I got a guest spot. You want to come do it? And I was like, sure. And I was like running late. I barely got there in time, but I had just done a, a host set at Liberty station. That was awful. It was like pulling teeth. And then I go to the secret group and go up on stage and there's like 30 people in the crowd. They're all having fun. I do a set, had a blast, and like the same jokes that were getting crickets were getting like really strong laughs. So I was like, it's just a different animal. Like the audience is so important, and having an engaged audience and an audience that wants to laugh. Yeah. Now, when you got like a bunch of bikers walking around behind you that are like <laughs> carousing, making tons of noise, glass shattering everywhere, you're not really going to be in the mood to laugh. It's like yeah. you're doing a, a comedy show in Detroit or something, you're fucked. <laughs> but true and then you, you go to another room that's where it's the crowd wants to be there they're excited and well it's and, just scary for me because i'm such a fan of stand-up comedy i've always mm-hmm. been like you said that you know when you were a kid you wanted to be a comedian i did too I, I remember the first person i emulated was this guy named rich little in the 80s and he was this guy yeah. that could like do all these crazy voices and like but and he was super witty and funny and he was just so talented and I thought, oh my god, that guy gets paid to make people laugh. That's that's fucking awesome. Like, you know, as a kid, I'm like like you said, everyone else is like, I wanna be this and that and I'm like, I kinda just wanna make people laugh. Like that's you know, and so I'm I'm scared now because like in this modern age of the internet and even things like podcasting, like, you know, I, I don't want it to ever be where I can't physically go see a comic. I want people to go out and, and get physically engaged in these you know shows go to these shows support the local comedians because this is a dying art that just can't die we need laughter we need it man it's it scares me that that there's not more people out seeking that that release you know what i'm saying because it's such a fun thing to do yeah and some people like that's why see your group's 
like really hitting its stride. So since I've started and and, I'm, and since I've been doing it, the every show in town was having like struggling to get crowds, which blows my mind because like you said, it's like it's something that's unique. You're gonna laugh. You're gonna have a good time. It's not expensive if if it costs anything at all. Yeah. And it's like why? And there's six million people in Houston. Why the hell can't we get some some good comedy shows? But the thing is, is the, there's two shows here in town that like, are there's stuff at the Secret Group, and then there's Rudyard's on Mondays that like just that have gotten a proven track record of having good comics, have good shows. That people, that's like a regular thing, but it, it's so so hard to build momentum, and uh, it's like it, it just me, I don't it have just scares me because it's like that's real humor. That's live. You get to go there. I mean, you get to sit and eat and drink while you're watching. I mean. That's straight awesome, right? But it's like but in this Netflix, world where everyone though. just clicks on some video on YouTube and sees some stupid cat dancing. Like, oh my God, is that enough? Jesus, I, it just it makes me so upset. I'm like, that shit's yeah. not funny. I, like, for instance, you'll see those things where it says, you know, try not to laugh. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. really that hard. Uh, that shit's not. Most of that stuff's just stupid. It's not funny. I don't know those fail videos. I legitimately will like start my work day. With, like I'll just put like I'll just search like a funny video, and just get a couple of good laughs in to start the day, get the mood right. People falling off bicycles and and uh, belly flopping in pools. It's kind of funny. I got a I got a video of myself called Belly Flop. Pretty good. It's a classic. I'd be interested. My son edited. It's about three minutes of me splashing in a pool. <laughs> the same time over and over again or are these multiple different flops it's uh one giant one in uh several different speeds and motions <laughs> nice i'd be i'd be on board i'd, be, I'd watch yeah I, sure. I i fucking hate it I, he did it <laughs> <laughs> he did it all. i'm gonna ask he made it when he was really young too and he didn't tell me he was making it and then uh he's like hey dad I check this ask. shit out so i made one for my sister you. called uh broke ass productions and nice. it was her going down a hill and breaking her ass <laughs> <laughs> on video. How'd you, how'd you come up with the name? Slow mo. <laughs> it was awesome. But uh, so have you ever thought about? I just doing really have a, I just want people to continue supporting like real comedy, like physically being in the room with a comedian. I don't want it to ever be where people just seek the internet for a laugh. Got? I don't even want our listeners for this to be like their laughs. I, not all of them. You know, yeah. get out there, man. Live a little. Meet people. See. You know, it's real life. People got to get away from their phones, their computers, and get out and be real, man. Yes. It's such a good like date night, even. Or yeah. it's, like, it's it it's something new to do, something that's fun. Like I said, you're gonna have a good time. You're gonna laugh. Yeah, it's not gonna cost you an arm and a leg. No, and it's just it's unique. Yeah, and the thing it's way cheaper than going to a movie. Yeah, way, yeah. Dude, a movie of popcorn is like seventy bucks, man. It's like, dude, you know what you can do with a college? No, you can get drunk and laugh for seventy bucks. <laughs> maybe yeah, that's actually maybe true. even afford yeah. the Uber home. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> yeah, the well, the show I went to on Tuesday was free. They just asked for a donation for the comedians. So if you wanted to get something to drink there, that's what you pay, spent money on. And all the comics were great. And like I met except a couple for of, no, I, except for you. No, I'm yeah. Kidding. Oh my god, <laughs> son of a bitch! This whole time he's been roping over me, <laughs> waiting for the knockout punch. Uh, no, this they, is all a joke. He's not even recording this right now. <laughs> yeah, this is all just a prank. Yeah, <laughs> very elaborate. <laughs> very elaborate. I, I invested Props. a lot in this prank. Uh, no, but the I went. I went with a couple of friends. 
and we got to hang out before and then we got to hang out after and then actually it was small enough to where we got to like my one friend just has these really good one-liners and so she would say one-liners to the comics occasionally mm-hmm. and so finally at the end of the show like the the last comic was interacting with her and it was really fun because like it was small enough environment to where like it wasn't heckling and you know you mm-hmm. could like have some interaction it was really really fun and i was like i gotta do this more i was like i could definitely do this once a week i need to go do this once a week because i'm gonna be better i'm laughing more i'm having a good time rather than just sitting at home like thinking about oh what do i have to do at work tomorrow oh man or what do i you know like exactly there's sometimes like where i do have to do work or there's sometimes where i have to like work on this podcast but i can arrange to go to a show for a few hours every night or for once sure. a week yeah it's, it's a good time you're never not going to have a good time no yeah and even if you're seeing somebody bomb it's, yeah there you can find humor in that like oh god this guy sucks um <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. I don't understand why more people don't do it, and uh, we need to spread the gospel of yeah. of stand up. I literally feel like that. I really do. <laughs> like, yeah. want to get a please? <laughs> oh, I've been blowing up Reddit. I'm like, I'm just trying to get every avenue to get people to to shows. And if y'all have any secrets, I'm all ears. But yeah, and it's thing. not just like that. Just for comedy, even like we do. We go to a lot of rock shows and stuff, and a lot of like uh, local music things and stuff. And I mean, it's amazing. When I was younger. Those bars used to be packed, and now it's like people. They're so, they're so much used to being on their couch TV. and having access to everything on their laptop or whatever. It's like they don't want to get up and go do. Right, you know what I mean? They're like, I'll just it's watch. It's so a video much easier to, to if just, there is something worth watching. It is so much easier. To just you get home from work, you're already exhausted. That's why. I, that's what blows my mind. There's no comedy shows that start like right around happy hour time. Yeah, because if especially with, in Houston, it's such a commuter city. Like people live in the suburbs kingwood spring yeah. woodlands katy like everyone's like as soon as they get out the door they're gone they're gone and yeah. they're sitting in horrible traffic for hours to get to their house if you had a show that was like downtown or somewhere where there's a huge population of people that are yeah. about to have to drive home and you start it right when they're about to leave give them a, an excuse yeah to go to the bar and stick around for happy hour for some comedy I feel like that'd be a, a no-brainer, but all comedy shows, for whatever reason, start at like eight o'clock, yeah. or later. Though the one I went to on Sun or Tuesday, they said it started at seven thirty, and it didn't start till eight, which wasn't a big deal. But I got there at seven thirty, and I was like, I was like, I'm glad I invited friends because that would have just sucked to just waited there for a uh, half yeah. hour. Well, that goes. And back I would have even him being a good host, right? You were yeah, like on yeah. time, and like that's a big deal right there. I mean, it's only a half an hour, but you remembered that. Yeah, and that thinking and so, like God, I got to remedy this shit. Yeah, and so it's like that. You you do bring up an excellent point because it would be a whole lot better. Because like I get off work at five, mm-hmm. and if there was must be nice. Go on. <laughs> if there was a show at six or six thirty, I mean, shoot, say six thirty. That gives people time to get off work, go grab something to eat, and then yep. drive to the venue. And even if people show up a little bit late, at least you six thirty to eight thirty. You got yeah. a good show, and then people are still getting at home at nine and ten o'clock before ten o'clock at night. Exactly. You know, or they could have but, but, like the comedy happy hour, like food deal, wherever it was at, like the bar where they yeah. they cut the prices on food so people come. Where they make it cheap enough, where it's like, "Fuck, I'm not going to go to a restaurant. Let's go there and eat there yeah. first for ten bucks, and then watch the show." You know, yeah. and then we can move the hey. drunk driving a little earlier. The, exactly. You know, so here's here's what I've I think we just need we to, to save do. lives. We've came up with the idea right now. We need to open our own small little comedy club somewhere inside the loop, uh-huh. and then you know offer cheap 
food that everybody loves to eat, like fries and burgers, chicken wings, whatever. Ramen noodles, right? Ramen. Oh, dude. I could crush some ramen noodles. I'm really hungry right now. This is not helping me at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I really want ramen. There's. Have you been to Katie Asian Town here? No. It's some of the most ridiculous, Sounds best Asian food. Slightly you inappropriately named, but go on. <laughs> What's it called again? Did you say? Katie, Katie Asian Town. No, that's not racist <laughs> at all. what it's called. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, for real it is yeah for real i go there at least twice a week and that was before he even had the food he just liked the name he's like it's <laughs> <laughs> like i gotta visit this place <laughs> I, res- I respect your game <laughs> bold choice yeah i mean i'm, I'm not gonna not go it's, but it's uh really I, i'm definitely gonna, gonna get in and out and uh <laughs> So my profile here in town is so important to me <laughs> that people will not be happy. No, but uh, no, I'm always down for ramen. Ramen's delicious. There's they've they have everything there. There's a really good ramen place. There. So let me ask but you anyways. a question. What do you think? You know, being that you're really in the thick of things right now, like what do you what do you think is going to happen in Houston with comedy? I mean, it seems like there's a definite surge for it. Like there's a, a hunger for, for sure. it. There is. It's it's exciting because like. And I think it's led by, and then I keep saying secret group, but like that, they are basically the heartbeat of, of Houston comedy. Uh, wish I could get on more shows. Youngblood, Brando, if you're <laughs> listening, please put me on. But, um, but no, like they, they tapped into something and whether it was, they figured out the marketing side of things or they just consistently had fun shows and, and they have a, like a rock venue there or a concert venue there too. So they help so that they can do other theme nights that's getting foot traffic in there that's not just comedy. Yeah. Because you're getting a chance to promote to those people for the comedy. Like you have posters up for the shows, but they've gotten, like it seems like something's happening right now. We've seen comics move in from Denver, from like what was it, Oklahoma. We have people who, who are moving to Houston for comedy because there's a lot of stage time and there's like you're getting bigger shows, better attendance. So there's definitely something building and it's, it's an exciting time to be involved. And um, yeah, it's just gotta spend a little more time writing. That would probably be a good idea. But <laughs> what is but, your uh, process yeah, of writing? Like, what do you do? You do like just? Oh, I mean, like, it seems like it would be hard for me to just be like, okay, I gotta sit down and write some funny shit. Like, I don't know. How, so how I does take that a lot of Ambien. I take a lot of Ambien, and just uh, as I'm falling asleep, <laughs> weird thoughts come to me. <laughs> that legit actually used to be the case, but uh, no, I do like almost. Like if it's gonna be a joke that's gonna be good, mm-hmm. like in my experience, it's something that's gonna come up to me, come to me when I should not be thinking about anything creative. Like if you're when you're laying down to sleep, I don't, I'm not the kind of person who sits down like at the laptop or a, a legal pad. Like all right, time to be funny. That's not maybe I should do that more, but like I don't know how to do that. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could either. I mean, I think I, I could because like I'll do shows that are like topical mm-hmm. to where it's like too, like you have to have a. A topical joke so i'll look at the news and, and write jokes as, about a news article but usually the good stuff the stuff that's got legs is like you're just sitting there your brain's finally quiet mm-hmm. and like, oh shit this is a funny idea or you start thinking about something real small and it just kind of evolves into like oh here's a funny angle for that or that and it's either the shower or while i'm trying to fall asleep that's almost nine times out of ten that's where my jokes come from and it's just writing down a couple of notes, and then uh, you get a couple of ideas, and you're off to the races. You, you know what he just said? He gets his inspiration by tugging in the shower. Oh, yeah. Is that what that was about? Yeah. 
Yeah. Is this an anti-tugging in the shower podcast? <laughs> Did I fuck up? No. <laughs> thought we were band of brothers here, guys. I thought we were on the same the same uh, wavelength. I think mine come in my sleep because I like the other night. <laughs> my wife woke me up. <laughs> I woke up the other day and my wife goes, "You know what you said in your sleep?" And I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> what did I say this time? <laughs> She's like, she goes, you just popped up and you went, not my cupcakes, and then went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you a, like a, a sassy black lady in your dreams? <laughs> Actually, I'm a sassy black lady a lot. Um, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> they're my favorite people. Yeah. They gave me free fries. Which is why you and Sandra got along so well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was great. My wife she like, was fantastic. My, my wife was like, can she adopt me? <laughs> <laughs> She's the best. I love Sandra. She is the best. Anyways, thank you, Adam, for Absolutely, coming here. Yeah. It's truly been a pleasure, Adam. It really was. Thank yeah. you. And, well, uh, I, th- I hope I went a little bit easier than, than Nick and Doug. I think I, you got off a lot easier than, than with those guys. I miss, I miss them. yeah i'm gonna need to get some more info from you for some of your other shows you host and stuff and when juan comes oh man we gotta set this up when i come when you come visit we'll go to shows every night yeah i got you man we'll go to shows every night and uh yeah uh, one thing yeah i will we'll we'll have you back on the podcast if you're i've I've hit the bar i made it just barely across yeah Yeah. just just barely fuck you doug fuck you nick (laughs) They asked me back. <laughs> Sandra, you're cool. Son, you're cool. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> anyway. Hey, Dan on here. You'd love Dan. Uh, you guys, if you like classic rock, yeah. we and him had a debate at this uh, housewarming party. He's got some garbage takes about uh, the Rolling Stones being better than the Beatles, but that's neither here nor there. You could talk to him about it. You guys would hit it off. I'll, I'll have to talk to him. I wanted to talk to him after the show on Sunday, but I wound up talking to a couple of other comics there afterwards. They basically called us out, and I was like, okay, let's go chat. <laughs> 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 so we had a, I wound up staying like way later than I wanted to. I didn't get home till almost midnight. But, but you had fun. And you remember it, yeah. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Adam. And yeah, we'll see you all next time. And remember, Seahawk go Predator out. And uh, oh, support your local comedians, people. Get out there exactly. and see these Please. shows. Let's not let this heart die, all right? Thanks yeah. for Check listening. Out Comedy Hub Houston. Go to Liberty Station every Wednesday. Please. Yes. Thank Come you, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Next time, tell her to cut her nails before she sticks her finger in your butt and you won't get cut. Come on. What are you, new? You got a great tip right there. It's the best piece of advice I got of the week from you, Mark. Thanks, buddy. Yeah.